All right, Joe here, editing the Don't Spoil the Ending podcast, episode, I can't remember what it was, 42, 43? 44. 44. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The audio's a little funny at the start, first 10 minutes or so, I had a bit of an audio issue, but it doesn't affect the uh, show. Um, Ironically, I'd uh, advertised my uh, podcasting skills on Fiverr.com, Jones Got Tech. Ignore, (laughs) Ignore the quality of the start of the show. That's no indicator. That's no indicator. As to your work. No. <laughs> you're plugging your editing skills, not not the recording skills. Yeah, yeah. I correct. What I could do, I could edit this up as a clip. Edit and upload this as a clip for... Look at me saving part of the show. So, anyway, the first 10 minutes, a bit wonky, but... Uh, that might... Better. That could be your advert. If they don't even notice that the first 10 minutes are wonky... They will definitely notice. <laughs> <laughs> I will do my best with it. Yeah. Um, but again... Uh, yeah, welcome to the show. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you over to the intro music and the Joe on the other side of the intro music, and we'll get on with the show. Uh, Fiverr.com forward slash Joe underscore Tech. What was that again? Well, <laughs> I'll do it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Don't Spoil the Ending episode. I don't remember what it was. Is it 43? 39? 40, yeah, 44. 43. We did Red Dead last time. Hold on. This is not professional. I'll... Uh, hmm. we're, we're just all checking the episode number. Everyone slowly check your phones. Uh, I'm going to take a guess that it's episode 44. Could do like a Homer Simpson thing being like... <laughs> Welcome to episode 44. <laughs> Welcome to episode 44. Uh, of Don't Spoil the Ending. Uh, good to see you, some of the lads. Yeah, yeah. What's your name again? Uh, my name's Joe. Hello. Uh, who are you? Uh, my name is Stephen. It still is Stephen. It'll probably always be Stephen. Well, could change. <laughs> and I'm John. So we're recording in what? Studio D. I think it's D now, isn't it? Yeah. So we're on a two-mic setup. We're sharing mics, so quality's not going to be as good this week. Um Stay here, you can tell that you're speaking behind the microphone rather than into it. Well, actually, you point the microphone at yourself. <laughs> <laughs> really? The lead so, singer usually gets the microphone. So, again, what I, uh, I'll do that a bit. There we go. Live, live, mixing. That's what live mixing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Find the degree to use. <laughs> well, actually, I am putting my degree to use because if you go onto Fiverr, um, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, and you need your podcast editing, find me on there, Joe underscore tech. I will edit your podcast for a small amount of money. Nice one. Are you going to charge us? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're my first customer. Yeah. Uh, you absolute chill. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, so, um, you know, that's that's what I'm doing now, or at least that's part of what I'm doing. Yeah, okay. yeah. I've only just set it up, so I've not had any orders yet, but if you want your podcast editing, uh, Fiverr, um, I think it's I think it's forward slash... Joe's got tech. If it's not, just search for it. You can tell we're rusty, can't you? <laughs> I don't know, though, because that was a perfect accidental segue from me into that. All right. Perfect, perfect. Remember again, fiber.com, Joe's <laughs> Just get a jingle playing every couple of minutes throughout the pod. <laughs> no, um, so, uh, yeah, that, that's all this week. I'll see you later. Yeah, yeah. No, so uh, we've, not, we've not done a podcast in a long time now. We're not going to don't spoil the end of the episode since I think it was the 24th of January 2019. Really? For a, for a proper episode. What did we cover that time? Games we liked. Oh. Oh, was that our belief? Games of the year yeah. episode, yeah. 
Yeah, a month after the end of 2018. Yeah. Uh, we're doing a games episode. And, uh, yeah, we are. Games you like 2019. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, obviously, in the meantime, we've done some Game of Thrones and some. Uh, I think that's all we did. Oh, yeah, John, you've done a few other movies. Yeah, I've done it with Sanders. Uh, I should mention that, really, actually. Yeah. We recorded an episode with Sanders three months ago when he went travelling the world and I was just not going around to editing it and <laughs> putting the episode up. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's worth mentioning, James will be back in December and we are planning on getting back on, on uh, doing a podcast every few weeks kind of thing. Uh, but I will have his leaving episode up before he's back. So that will be up hopefully next week when we, t- we talked about true romance. So, uh, the film or... The, both just, just the, the concept of true romance <laughs> but uh, yeah so the episode for that will be up uh, I believe the week after this one and then the way we're going Sanders will probably be back the week after <laughs> for his travels have a, have a welcome back episode a week after you've released the episode yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, should say got no Nick today and Nick's, Nick's not here yeah busy yeah busy I believe yep yeah. yep uh, no Sam Knowing money, he's not well. Had an operation. Yeah. On his nose. Not a known job. But on his nose. Like, they've had to go into his nose. I don't know how much one actually. I don't know. I like the freaking article go into his nose. That's just to me, like, a sort of 50s B movie. They like, tries people into a submarine and shot it right up in there. I was thinking more that he's going through, like, the mummification process or something, where they stick it up his nose to put his brain up. With, like, the, uh, that, I'm sure it's got a name for it, you know, the, the steel tweezer thing they use yeah, to, to pop up there. Steels one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, no journal this week either. Yeah, but I was I was trying to convince him before. He, he was wavering a little bit. He, he nearly returned, but he will be back one day. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. not 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 um, not John on in a long time now. I think two years now. It's coming up to almost, but <laughs> yeah, mark my words, he will be back on. <laughs> will be back on soon. Yeah. Yep. But uh, you mentioned Inman there. That's, that's a good segue into my health issues. Uh, we were mentioning before Inman's had like some like nose procedure. I think. <clears throat> had his uh, nose reduced or something he has had like I think cartilage taken out of his nose or something I had something similar done when I was like 15 I had my adenoids burnt out because I just couldn't breathe kind of thing and it took me a month to recover from that so uh, yeah. Inman sounds a lot more in depth so uh, what was that actress who lost the uh, septum from cocaine oh Danielle Westbrook did you consider that <laughs> as, as a young boy <laughs> Get a new septum, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've been quite ill the last few months. Uh, I have, you know. I like. I'm sorry to just. No, you're uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Your, uh, your moment. Um, I lost my voice for three months this year. Yeah. I've been all right, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can carry carry the torch <laughs> for the podcast, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I, I literally couldn't speak for three months. I had no voice. Well, I think I might have caught that cough off you. That word cough that you had or something. I, I think you did. Because like I had a really bad cough for ages, to the point where I thought I was dying when I went to the hospital. You've, uh, got, you've got to stop smoking the crack, okay? <laughs> well, it doesn't help, does it? <laughs> the crack, okay. <laughs> especially, especially during the pod as well. I've got to, I've got to cut down on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, went to the hospital, had a long X-ray, but uh, everything was fine. So yeah. still, fine. still here. <laughs> <laughs> <It's a surprise. laughs> yeah, I'm still, still here for now. Yeah, so. Yep. Well, how are you guys? <laughs> I should say as well, I've not really seen the two of you very often recently. I've moved uh, 
job locations. So yeah, yeah. Not in the same room anymore. That's, yep. That's not the, the great betrayal as we get into calling it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's nice to have you both. Yeah, I'll see you again, yeah. In the studio. And it is worth mentioning we'll see you again on Saturday for the yeah. Polka Night. Yeah, I am currently, I'm, well, I'm not the current reigning champion. You're de- definitely not that, no. Definitely not that. John is, isn't he? John O'Wiz, the current, he finally won yeah, a Polka Night, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I, my, my streak is over. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I am going to get it back, though. I am well, skinned. Yeah, you were mentioning before you need to win this time, I so. Need yeah. Um, or I need the crack cocaine. <laughs> I feel like the added pressure is not going to help you. <laughs> no, it didn't help me last time either. So I said this to uh, Luke and Will the other day. One past him was like, "Oh, you're ready for poker?" I was like, "I'm skinny. I need, I need the money." And he said, "You said that last time." And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> this time I really, you really need it. I really, I really need the money." Uh, Joe underscore Kevin. <laughs> 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 uh, should we? Uh, anyone got anything else before we move on to our subject? I'm all caught up. I think. Uh, I'm quite excited because I'm off to America soon. Go next week. Oh, why? Yeah, Jen off to Florida again. Um, Star Wars World is open, so that's yeah. a big thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Very excited for that. Hopefully, I'll build the lightsaber, spend a lot of money doing so, um, and then I'll run away to the wilds of Florida. And <laughs> that'll be my life. So you're gonna build a lightsaber? Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and build a lightsaber. I didn't have you down as a virgin. <laughs> well, that's because I like we spent together. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> um, yeah, so well, yeah, that should be good. Uh, see. Just to mention, Joe, if you do want anything from Florida, Steve's agreed to FaceTime as well as there while he's shopping. He'll just walk the walk the aisles, showing you anything on the anything you want. He'll pick up for you. No, that's yeah, absolutely uh, true. At no cost. <laughs> oh, <laughs> at no at no cost. <laughs> About five thousand percent. You want to be right? Uh, Actually, I should mention uh, I've been playing online poker quite a bit and a few big wins. Yeah, you've gotten somewhat okay in poker. Biggest win I had was hundred quid, which was pretty good. How much did you put in? I, I'm not gonna lie, I am. I'm not breaking even. <laughs> <laughs> the answer to that question is always, yeah, I'm still down. I'm probably about ten or twenty quid down overall, I think. But I yeah. showed that moment of a hundred pound win. Yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. You know. Well, we've talked about this with the whole being down. And with, in reference to like video games, which I'm sure is something we'll get onto later, is the whole, you, how much is your enjoyment and time worth? So is the amount of time that you've put into the online poker worth 20 quid? And, and, and yeah, I've like, had a couple of months play out of it kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Games then. We played anything interesting recently, guys? I believe you two have. You two have... Uh been playing Fire Emblem, I believe. Fire Emblem, yes. Three Houses, yeah, to get yeah, a full yeah. title this time. Yeah, I around. think it's just Three Houses rather than the Three Houses. Nah, it's, it's, no. <laughs> I think I think it's the Three Houses. No. The Fire Emblem, the Three Houses. Yeah. <laughs> the Fire, the Emblem. <laughs> the Three, the Houses. <laughs> um this came out on the Switch and I think it's is it still full price? Maybe maybe you might, might find it for 30. It's a Switch game. Uh, it's going to be full price. For a while, at least. It's, it's a Nintendo console. They always keep the price, uh, usually. I mean, I say always as it's absolute, but no. Uh, with it being a Fire Emblem, it's like... Is it a first-party game? I'm not sure, actually. Not necess- No, it's not, but you don't necess- You don't really see... Yes, yeah, it's, it's Nintendo exclusive, certainly. You don't see Fire Emblem on, on any other... Uh, brand at least. Can I just jump in there? A quick thing on a, on the, the Nintendo price structure. 
What I find weird is that even like games that are on all other systems, I can't think of an example. Dead Cells, there's one. Uh, I've heard of that video game, Dead Cells. The yeah, way, yeah. The, the Highly rated. Yeah. yeah, yeah, very good game. But like, that's out on PlayStation 4 and Xbox. And the price has been slashed. You can get it on for like on offer for like nine ninety nine. Yep, <laughs> you can get it for like nine ninety nine. Yeah, and Nintendo is still selling like for like thirty five pound. I don't. It's an, an underpowered system. I don't get how they do it. How they can keep that value to the games? Like. Yeah, you you, find, you can find a lot of bargains on Switch, but a lot of them are higher priced. So I got um again, it's a sports game that comes out every year. But NBA two K eighteen, I bought about six months ago for eight pound. Like that's yeah. that's a steal for a game that is is a good game, just happens to be a basketball game that is about to be out of date slightly. Yeah, yeah, it's just the uh, the age of that just dates it straight away, doesn't it? Kind of thing. Yeah, so. eight quid. And it was like that was a bargain. Yeah, um, but Fire Emblem. Um, I would say currently it's my game of the year. I think I agree uh, with that. Absolutely, it's great. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was awful. Joe, <laughs> is this the first Fire Emblem game you've ever played? This is the first one I've ever played. Right, I've played a fair few. Um, Going back to, gosh, probably the Game Boy Advance would have been the first ones that I played. Now, this is a very good instalment of the genre. Um, I want to get out of the way before we really talk about the game. Uh, you've picked up possibly my favourite entry to the series, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening, on the 3DS. Yes, off the strength of Free Houses, I ended up going onto eBay and buying a loose cart of Awakening. Ironically, we were just talking about prices. That 3DS game that came out in 2013 is still selling for 37 quid on Amazon. There's the, you just you just can't get you just can't buy them anymore. It's so, widely <clears> regarded <throat> as the best example. Of True, I got I managed to pick it up for twelve quid, uh, just as a loose game card. So I wasn't yeah. fussed about the box because I've got a little case with all my games in. But yeah, I bought that. I've barely played. I put about an hour in, but it just feels like even like the stings and stuff are similar. It's got a Final Fantasy vibe to it, where the sounds are all probably reminiscent of each other. So the yeah. battle ending music is exactly the same in Free Houses and Awakening. Uh, yeah. Well, usually with Fire Emblem games, do you see sort of reoccurring characters that crop up every now and again? I'm sure you might have noticed from other Nintendo properties like Smash Brothers and stuff like that. We get Marth and Roy and uh, Lucina and stuff like that cropping up again and again. Weirdly, with Free Houses, I don't think that's actually the case. I think it's entirely a whole new world that they've made for the game. I think, hence, with the title Free Houses, the idea is there's a couple of things. There's a three different, well, technically four, which we'll get into. Paths that you can sort of take through the game, depending on who you side with. Four houses, you should have called it. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> because we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. But I think for our first playthrough, we both went one of the houses, uh, Black Eagles. Yeah, best house. Uh, I think... Possibly. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Now, first, imp- first impressions are that it's going to be the best house because... At the base, you get given a choice what, half an hour into the game. It's like, do you want to go in the house with these two dudes or this anime girl? It's like, yeah, I'll pick the anime girl and I'll just go with her. And then that's, I know that's what you did, Steve. <laughs> just me. <laughs> um, yeah, so we both joined the Black Eagles. That's correct. Um, I've completed the game, Steve, off not far from the end. And I am halfway through my second playthrough with the Golden Eagle house. Uh, golden Sorry, deer. Golden Deer House. Yeah, fear, fear the Deer. Fear the Deer. It's, yeah. a, it's a great little rhyme. I would almost 100% say I'll be going straight into a second playthrough on it. It's got a new uh, game plus. Yes, exactly. So I'll probably be playing that and I'll probably go Blue Lions because we've both done Black Eagles. Um, you're doing the 
Bit of golden days. I'm saving the Blue Lions one because I've I've got more hope that that'll be a better story than the free like the free there than the Golden Deers, which is which is is good up to now. But I reckon there's more potential with the Blue Dimitri House. Yes. So with the Black Eagles, the the boss of the house, shall we say, uh, Endelgard? I mean, is it Endelgard? Edelgard. Edelgard. You said you were in the Black Eagle house, Asty. Well, we'll get to this because <laughs> the basic storyline of the game is she's not happy with the current structure of the world. How is she, Joe? <laughs> well, the, 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 the funny thing about the, the game is that we both chose the, like, you've got the, you've got the three houses. One's the religious one. One's the ragtag uh, group of uh, houses that have came together and then one is supposed to be like the evil political house we both ended up with the evil political house yes the best house which I think <laughs> is the best house it's definitely the we'll, we'll come on to it in a minute but the the characters in that game are the only reason I, I love it I think the character the, the story is secondary for me in the game it's more about the interactions between all the characters and all the different combinations you can get oh no absolutely um, but just before we move off the story what I quite like with the the way the Black Eagles play through goals and, and it's quite interesting because we both essentially played a different second half to this game yes so with uh, Edelgard the whole idea is that she rebels against the main institution in the game which is the church so you roughly get a choice now I missed a sort of event that can happen during the game that has led me down one path whereas Joe was there for this event and that's led him down this second path so I think the canical playthrough ending is the one you've done. So do you want to talk about that a little bit and then I'll go in with my one? So don't want to give too many spoilers away, but you're given a choice and it's like, do you want to go to this crowning moment? Like a literal crowning moment, not like a... I didn't use <laughs> not, the best. <laughs> not the best moment. <laughs> <laughs> like a, a literal crowning moment. Um, and I went for that. And Steve, you didn't. And we've ended well, up I with didn't a- actually get the choice. Um, I didn't get to do a yes or no. I just completely missed that entire bit, really. Yeah, it's it's you get you get the crowning moment and then shit starts hitting the fan and then it's not a spoiler this but there's a time skip in the game about halfway through and you fast forward five years mm-hmm. in the game so all your characters have aged by five years they all look different it means they've ended up with a different route within the same house which I find really interesting that it's got a branching storyline that changes from the very start of the game and also branches again depending on what you do in the in the actual game yeah so. This this mega choice that you get at the start, like completely changes how you will sort of enjoy that game. Absolutely, but what I really like about it is obviously from the outset we've both gone the same house. But just briefly talking before the podcast, we were we mentioned uh, I mentioned about a character whether you'd done a certain because those the characters like interact more with each other. They get support conversations, which leads to a great character development, which is. The best well, part of the game. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, best part about Fire Emblem games in general, really, is the fact that um, the characters have their own independent lives other than the main storyline that they can talk. And, you know, is the, the the way it runs, it goes from, like, uh, I think it's uh, D-C-B-A-N-S. C-B-A-S. Oh, you can no. also get B-plus and C-plus. Yeah, so, well. so some of them have two levels, essentially. For, yeah. So it could be, like, D1, uh, sorry, C1, C2. I think it's a, an excuse for more cutscenes, which yeah. I'm, all, I'm absolutely fine with. No, absolutely. Can you imagine uh, the amount of dialogue is in this game? Yeah. Like, there's there's probably, I, me and you have probably not even seen half the dialogue. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, I'm 80 hours in to playing that game. 
But this is the really cool thing now, because we would absolutely have saw different dialogue, because I've got characters that you don't have because of certain events that's happened in the game, and you'll have characters that I don't have. And then even the ones that we share, they might have had different interactions completely. Well, um, as an example, on my first playthrough, I recruited Mercedes into my, my house. Um, did you? I did not. So there, there's a dynamic that I've seen that you haven't already. Yeah. Um, on my second playthrough... This isn't a spoiler, but for New Game Plus, you get a lot of perks. Yeah. And I've managed to recruit like half the school into me uh, class, which means I'm able to get all the different cutscenes uh, for all these characters, mm-hmm. which puts me... I'll come on to it. Well, I was just saying now. The reason that I'm concerned about my third playthrough when I pick the blue house is that I kind of feel like they're almost like the bad guys, like secretly the bad guys almost which makes me not want to bring my perfectly good characters into that house on my third playthrough, which means I will never see some of the interactions between certain characters. I think that's valid. I mean, the church, like, well, we're going too in depth. The church, like all churches, is a bit shady. Yeah. Uh, I think it's <laughs> probably best to leave it like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's a different podcast. Though, it's a, it's a very, yeah, we, <laughs> Do you need someone to edit that podcast? <laughs> Where would I go if I wanted someone to edit that podcast? Fiverr.com, Joe underscore tech. You'll find me on there. It's actually, it costs a fiver for the basic package. There's also a standard package and a luxury package. If you need music for it, I'm also selling that on there. £40, $40, sorry. Cheaper oh, oh, exchange yeah. rate. What what is the luxury package? Just if we're sidelining it, what is, I really want to know what's in the luxury. Package. Well, well, see, it's, thanks for asking. The uh, luxury package is you get all your editing, uh, like for mixing and stuff like that. You get your noise reduction, so there's no hissing or no background noise. Can't guarantee there's not going to be on this podcast because <laughs> we're on two microphones. But um, you get all that, and then on the luxury package, you get ten edits. Ten edits. You can make mistakes ten times in your podcast, and I will fix them up to up to two hours of audio. Do you get a signed photo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but if you if you buy the luxury package, you're quite welcome to guest on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I've made so- Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, fire emblem. Um, yeah, uh, I would say that it's my game of the year. Well, I, I'd say we've, we've, let's move on. But I've I'd say it's my game of the year. Five stars. Uh, the character is the best part of the game. The first time me using that battle system as well, really enjoyed that battle system. But the game became far too easy at the end, even when I was playing on classic mode where it's permadeath. So once your mm. character dies, that's that's kind of it for them. You'll never see them in battle again. Yeah. And you'll probably still see them in the cutscenes, I reckon. Yeah. Because it's quite integral, but which kind of takes the the impact a well, bit. On, in previous games, they are just completely omitted from the rest of the game. Which makes me wonder, maybe they do that on free houses, I don't know. Um, I think what what happens on some of the games, if you lose a really critical character, it's game over. They do that on free houses, but they yeah. tell you at the start, at least. They say, yeah. well, if Hubert dies, that's you're getting game over and you can restart the mission. Um, yeah, Steve, what would you rate it? Uh, gosh, I'm really reluctant to rate games five stars is a general rule but I think yeah I mean there's just the simple genre of the game it's, it's a I don't think we really even said what it is exactly it's a tactical RPG so it runs on a grid based system and it's turn based that is the probably my perfect method of playing games the fact that it's on a switch so I can play it in a handheld mode which is the main way I've played it issue with handheld is the font can be a bit small uh, I've got new glasses so I'm alright <laughs> very good yeah. but uh 
No, it's just, yeah, it's, I think I probably would give it a five. Yeah. And at this point in the year where we, you know, we're sort of knocking on November's door, can't really see any of the games toppling it from being my top spot. Yeah. Yeah, something some mega would have to come out for me. Well, Doom Eternal was due out in November, but that's been pushed back now to March. So that's... Yeah. 2020 game of the year. Yeah, Doom Eternal. <laughs> Eternal game of the year. Won't even play until 2021, but... <laughs> Yeah, so all right, we'll move on. We'll move on. From yeah, no worries. Yeah. High recommendations from me and Steve with that one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, I know you've got a uh, Switch, John. I'm not sure if you're in that sort of genre of games. I'm not, to be honest with you. Yeah. It's, it's an RPG, isn't it? It's, it's, yeah. that you could, you, it's, it's elements like, of Persona 5 in it, which if, I know you've not played that, but that's yeah. the, the the best parts of Fire Emblem are the the character stuff rather than the actual gameplay. But even the gameplay's fine. Oh, I feel like the battle system just runs incredibly smoothly. There's... That sort of tactical RPG where you're running around in a grid-based system. Um, XCOM, we everyone here's played XCOM. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's basically a similar sort of system, but with Fire Emblem because you've got a larger team and you can sort of really properly tactically work your own rounds. So when you're playing it in sort of classic Iron Man mode like Joe is playing, there's some sort of satisfaction in not even taking a hit. Just um, some of the spells that you can get. Uh, there's you can move units around the battlefield. So oh, well, I, one of my main tactics is run a big heavy hitter into right in the middle somewhere, smack someone down, and then just magic them back to my line. So they can't, there's no like retaliation at all. Yeah. Um, it's just, you can, it's really, really satisfying to like complete a mission without taking a single hit. For me, I think I've mentioned it before about, about games like this. It's, I don't want to sound like a broken, broken record, but it's more the time investment that puts me off the, uh, Remember years ago, Joe, you were raving about like Dragon Age Inquisition and stuff, and it's just the idea of spending a hundred hours on a game. I just, yeah, I get what I get. The, 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 the turns me away from it, kind of thing. Yeah, it's harder for me now. <clears throat> I've got like a child, but yeah, I look at like Fire Emblem being on the <clears throat> Switch has meant I've been able to play this game. If it was on PS4, I probably would have struggled to. Yeah, absolutely. Out of interest, uh, how long was your first playthrough? Is a rough um, sort of time. I think it was fifty-nine hours for me. For, I think it was fifty-nine. See, I'm off the top of my head. I'm somewhere between forty and fifty myself. With me, I, I've took my time though. Like, I've oh. I've done all the extra stuff. Everything. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Want to move on to Catherine Full Body? I've I remember talking on this podcast about eighteen months ago, saying, "Right, this game's coming out, guys. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna buy this game. It's just a remaster of a game from 2011, Catherine, uh, that was on Xbox and Xbox 360 and PS3. Yeah, PS3. That's right. Yeah. But yeah, they brought a new storyline in for it. The ironic thing is that like it came, it came out, and I spent 50 quid on it, a game that I've already played before, <laughs> got a steelbook version. Yeah. But I've, I'm absolutely fine spending that on that game. Absolutely yeah, loved yeah. it. Played it recently, uh, completed it in about 15 hours. It's not a long game, but it's probably replayable. The, the puzzles. I used to have dreams about the puzzles because you just think you start thinking about blocks. I can't really explain what the puzzles it is, but you've got to like climb a, a tower of blocks by moving blocks around as you run up the tower. Um, right, yeah. So it's a bit like a puzzle game with the anime story on it, and yeah, absolutely love that game. Um, yeah, I I know we just said about giving five stars to games. That's a five star game for me, but I have been waiting for it for about two years. Since yeah, yeah. I mean, I've. I've certainly talked about it with you, and it is a game that I've always been interested in playing, but it's just one of those that I've just never got around to or never had a chance to pick up. It's been on, like, well, not a pile of shame because I don't own it, but, like, a list of shame for, for quite a long time now. Yeah, really. it's, it's a fantastic game. It's so good. Um, 
The only thing is for me, I've actually got it on PS3. They gave it away like... Uh, it was on PSN a while ago. Yeah, that was how I first played it. Was it really? About three or four years ago or something. Uh, <coughs> gave away for free as the PS Plus game of the month. And it's just there in my queue. Just never played it kind of thing. Yeah. I don't. I, I know you're not into your anime or out, John, but um, you might be into the puzzle element. I mean, I definitely want to give it a go. Uh, yeah, it's a choice-based... It, there's a, there's loads of different endings, and the idea is that you make, this, you make choices in the story mode... And you do, again, it's got elements of Persona in it and I suppose Fire Emblem where you're at a bar and you, you can press square to drink a beer and then you can go walk around and you've got to like, you'll start noticing that you're seeing the people in the bar in your dream. You have the, the puzzle is in your dream. Yeah. Every time you go to sleep, you know, you, you see the puzzle and you start noticing that there are people in the bar that, you, that they'll have like a red tie or something and then you'll see like a sheep in the dream and it'll have a red tie and you'll notice it's that guy and you start talking to him. Yeah, yeah. The idea, I'm pretty sure the idea is that you can save them all by like talking to them and like helping them out. But if you were to ignore them, they die and then they die in the game. And then they come up on the news, the news report saying, oh, such and such has died. Um, but it's basically about uh, a relationship and then you find yourself cheating on Catherine with someone else called Catherine, who's a bit of a, bit of a tart. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, they, that's... That's the premise of the story, but mm. it's it's really it's like I loved it. I, I, de- I, I remember hearing about it when it came out, like and it was it was dead well received. And like I say, I got it I got it free on PS Plus a few years ago, and it's just one of them games that there's so many free games on PS Plus and uh, Xbox Live Gold and stuff spoiled like that, choice now. Yeah, right. that's it. It's just too much to play now. Isn't I've it? got a list of games to play. Like it's, it's <clears> crazy. <throat> like if I was if you told me that when I was like twelve that you will have uh, too many games to play, I'd have been like nah. Oh, I know. Well, both me and John being Xbox boys for life, <laughs> we both got Game Pass, and there's like there's like two hundred games yeah. on Game Pass, and they're like and they constantly rotate as well. They constantly so rotate, like... and it's not just <clears throat> like old games like Gears of War Five, a brand new AAA title, which is it's not really worth talking about. Both me and John have played it, but we've not really gone too yeah, far into too far it, into so it. it's not really worth going into details. But that's was released onto Game Pass, yeah, which is mental. But like that's a brand new. Top tier game straight for free. Like, should, no worries yeah, about it. You know that should cost fifty quid. And yeah, just, big Mike's got you back. It's it's good. <laughs> uh, I've got two more games to cover. Both very short games. Uh, Donut County, which I picked up for seven pound on the Switch store. Um, about two and a half hour game. You just control a hole that were like it's like Katamari if you've ever played that or ever seen that. Where you start off as like a small hole in the ground and then you move the hole around and start engulfing stuff. Like you start off engulfing plants. And they start like sucking people down into the earth and stuff. So it's quite a fun little game. It's got a nice yeah. aesthetic to it. I remember hearing, maybe it was, you were heard heard about it from, to be honest, but I do remember hearing about it a while ago. It, it, it's a fun <laughs> little game, just just a very short two hour yeah. game. And um, I bought for ten pound on release day. Never buy games on release day, me. But Untitled Goose Game. That's an absolute joy. Sound, sounds good. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard a lot about this game. It's literally got a button where if you press Y, you honk at people. Fantastic. Uh, if you hold down the R button, you start flapping your wings. It's brilliant. Um, it's an idea where you're just a nuisance uh, walking around a very English little village. So, like, it sounds daft, but you'll see a bin, and it'll be a bin that you've seen a thousand times in your life where it's, like, the black one with a little gold rim on it. Or you'll see, like, a phone box. It's very English. Uh, but you just get these tasks, and you have to go do them and just cause havoc. So there's one where there's a vase in someone's garden. It's like, oh, you've got to break the vase. So obviously you'll nick it and you drop it and it doesn't break. So you're like, hmm, got to think about this. So you've got to nick it, take it into the next door neighbor's garden because whatever he whatever he finds in his garden that isn't his, he chucks over the fence. 
So the idea is you drop the vase near him, so he sees it, and he's like, what the fuck is this? So he picks the vase up, throws it over the fence, and then the one, it smashes. Yeah. And then the woman whose vase it is comes out, and she's just like, what the, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> it's just a game like that. Um, it's a, a very fun little game. Sounds a bit like a more, more refined... Uh... Oh my god, what's that goat game called? Goat Simulator. Uh, Simulator. Yeah, it's it's the aesthetic for Goose Game. Like, it's just it's just great. It's just really simple. About four yeah. hour game. There was a moment in it where I was like, "Oh shit, that's amazing!" You know, we have like that not an epiphany moment uh, because it wasn't so much an epiphany moment, but there was a little reveal in there. Not nothing story related at all. Yeah. But it, I saw it and I was like, "Oh shit, that's that's really cool." Like, so I really enjoyed that game. Um, it's it's getting mostly good reviews, but I've heard some people give it slightly lower reviews, saying that it's too hard and stuff. Yeah, I think like you're struggling with that game. Like, yeah, I don't know. Have a word with yourself. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like it's just intuitive. Like, it's like oh, you've got to steal like um, the farm. You got to make the farmer put on his other hat. So what you do is, if you steal his rose, he has to go replant it. So he gets on his hands and knees. So when he's on his hands and knees, you can nick his hat and run away with it. Yeah, stick it in the lake or whatever you want. And then he has to just then he, whilst he's got no hat, he walks over to his shed, puts his other one on, and then you've done that objective. Mm. So it's just stuff like that. It's really intuitive. I showed Sam it. Um, he, he thought it looked good. Uh, but yeah, I, I really recommend that. It's just it's a very short game to spend. What I think retail price is twelve fifty on it now around yeah. that price. I got it for a tenner. Loved it. I think retail price is like seventeen pound. Oh, is it? Yeah, I, yeah. I might have got it for a bit. I might. Have, I got it for twenty five. I think it was about twelve pound on release when it came out. That it. it was it was it was on for like twenty five percent discount. But yeah, it, it, it topped the charts for the Switch. Um, massively loved it and recommend it. Not a five star game. That so that was Switch. Um, that Switch. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that comes out on PS Four though. Or yeah, like just start going cross platform. It'll be the new Goat Simulator. You can play it on everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm almost offended by you comparing it to Goat Simulator. Oh, I don't I know think it's Goat Simulator. <laughs> <laughs> right, but. Gook's game is like quite a cute little arty game. Go Simulator, you you press a button and he like sticks his tongue out, and it's yeah. just it's gone the same engine as Farming Simulator and Airport Driver Simulator or whatever the rest of them are called. I'm going back years here, but there's a bit on Goat Simulator where you can, you find like a demonic pentagram on the floor and like <laughs> you can be like, devil goat, yeah, yeah devil, become a devil goat and stuff yeah. like that. Like yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, in terms of games, that's all from me. Have you two got anything you've played recently you want to talk about? Uh, I've got two as well that I can very briefly touch on. Um, the first one is Borderlands 3 exists. Uh, it's more Borderlands, which I'm very okay with. Um, I've been playing a lot of that. My problem with Borderlands 3 is that that it's it's a game that is filled with 2014 memes. Um, I say even earlier than that. <laughs> 2009 yeah, yeah. for me. <laughs> it's, it's full of like old internet humor which would have been in would have been in the right place in 2015 um but if you like borderlands then it's just more borderlands isn't it i mean that, I mean, that's literally it they're like i'm liking it but it, it's just like borderlands from 2009 in some ways the look of everything like the little toilets with like collectibles in and stuff it, it looks exactly the same don't it the, it's almost I mean, like an expansion pack isn't it it's yeah. well an expensive expansion pack well yeah. now hang on <laughs> <laughs> hold your horses <laughs> Well, of course it looks the same. It's set in the same world, Yeah. firstly. No, it's fair enough, yeah. Um, I also heard the other worlds that you go to are not very good, very small environments. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true, it's true. You're going to mainly spend your time on Pandora, the world where it's all set. You, you pop over to a couple of other places for a little jaunt every now and again. That's fine. You have your holidays. 
it looks much better than the previous entries. Graphically, the yeah, art it changed does. it a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of quality of life upgrades that I really appreciate. Um, mantling, which is a thing that should be in every single first-person shooter game where you need might need to jump at some point. It helps loads. It's, it's ludicrous that sometimes you can just jump it and then maybe not quite clear what you do and then you just slowly, slowly rub down the object to the yeah, floor yeah. and feel like a bit of an idiot. Being able to mantle is great. Uh, just... Oh, it's just really good. It's just... I've heard the dialogue is almost offensively bad. I think that's... So, I kind of feel like that's the point with Borderlands games. It's meant to be bad. It's meant to be cheesy. It's meant to be a bit, a bit rubbish. Retro kind of yeah, thing. It's, like, that's yeah, that's what they're going for. But the gunplay is excellent. Like, yeah, all oh, the yeah, guns yeah. feel good. All the guns feel massively different. I've heard, I've heard to play, it's a, it's a good game. So, like, when you get in the guns, it's it's um, it's fun to play, play with the guns. I think... One of the criticisms I heard was somebody picked up a really good gun at the start of the game and then never needed another gun for the entire game. Um, they picked up a really rare one that was really good and there was no need. Yeah. For, like, and the fun in that game is getting a variety of new weapons and stuff like that. Um, well, that person just sounds boring. <laughs> I can sort of under that. I think... I don't really think you can get a gun at the start of the game and then carry it on for the rest of the game. Maybe That's for probably an exaggeration. Hours. Yeah, exaggeration. Because uh, I've got a couple of guns that are perhaps under-leveled, but they, you know, have do some pretty gnarly stuff, so I've kept hold of them. Yeah. It's but I'm constantly swapping them out. It's worth mentioning, I picked it up as well, but I've literally only played the intro. And it, it, like I said, it's great. It plays fantastic. It's just a great shooter, isn't it, basically? That, that's all it's there to do, really, isn't yeah. it? Uh, like a multiplayer uh, team-based shooter kind of thing. But I was shocked how similar to Rage 2 it is. Not from a Borderlands point of view, from a Rage 2 point of view that, like, Rage 2 is just Borderlands, basically. Like, so it just feels, maybe it's a bit, that's why I'm a bit negative about it, just that I've already played a game like that this year, you know, oh, yeah, before this. But, uh, but it is still, you know, you can't go wrong with it, can you? If you know what you're getting into, it's a great shooter. I would, I, my, my only thing I would add to this um, is that Borderlands 1... I've played, I've played a bit of Borderlands Two, and I've not played Borderlands Three. I've just watched a lot of trailers and like video, videos of it. Um, I'd say all of the Borderlands are super superseded. Is that the word? Yeah, yeah. By Tales of Borderlands, you know the Telltale game. Oh that's, yeah, yeah. That's easily the best Borderlands no, game I mean, ever. Weirdly, um, you are right. <laughs> it Tales of Borderlands which is excellent, which is depressing when you think about it. Like, well, no, because it's a, it's like, well, can you compare it? Choose your own adventure, so it's not even to choose your own adventure. Could you compare an adventure game to a first person shooter? Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Um, objectively, you could easily prefer that, and it is great. That's a weird circumstance where all the mainline Borderlands games have a bit of a crap story, whereas Tales of Borderlands actually has quite a good story. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a weird little thing. Yeah. Um, as for marking it, um, I. John, you've not played it that much, I don't suppose you'd really have a score for it. Literally, the intro. Uh, the intro I think <laughs> I would give it like. A sort of a high three. I'm under no illusions that it's the best game ever, but I really like playing it. Um, so yeah, like maybe edging just just shy of a four. Other than that, there's only really one game that I've been playing, and that is Mutant Year Zero: Road to Eden. I don't know if I've heard of this. Never I've heard of this one. I've heard of it. So it's available, I believe, on all three consoles. Um, apparently, it runs awfully on the Switch, so I advise against that. Um, also, I will point out it is free on Game Pass, which is why I've played it. Ah, right, so, right. Uh, it's a tactical RPG, so uh, similar to Fire Emblem, you're running around the grid doing stuff. But it's more akin to XCOM, obviously, with being on a 
slightly more powerful console. It's uh, the graphics are a bit better. But so I, I don't know if you're either you're really uh, aware of the Mutant Year Zero universe. Uh, I've never heard of it's it. It's essentially a pen and paper RPG developed by a Swedish company. Um, standard sort of post-apocalypse setting. Um, you're uh, what they call a. You you basically just go out and scavenge to try and make your community live longer. Um, but yeah, it's it's sort of very similar to XCOM, but uh, you only have like three people at once, so you've got a smaller group. Uh, you're fighting sort of some sort of wild animals and bandits and the like. Um, but it's very, very hard. Fights are incredibly difficult. You've got to heavily rely on stealth and using silenced weapons and then try and pick people off. So I think XCOM 2 did this where if you sort of finished the fight with one enemy, you dropped out of the fight, the sort of tactical mode and you could just sort of free walk around a bit until you got to a different place. But what this does is you have all your crew walking around at the same time following whoever you're currently controlling. But then you can tell them to split up where they'll stay by themselves. And then you can go and then position everyone in an ambush area. And then, then you can spring your attack. Um, which, again, it's, I really like it because tactically it is really cool. You can see they're patrolling an enemy. So you'll wait until they patrol the one way, set up all your team around them, wait until they get in the perfect position. And then um, you'll spring your attack. Like uh, there's a big mutant pig lad called Bormin, who I like at the minute. He's got an ability called Hog Charge, so he just runs and shoulder barges someone to the <laughs> ground. So my current technique is to try and isolate someone, shoulder charge them to the ground, which counts as a silent attack, and have some of his silence pistol walk up and just double tap him in the head. Again, uh, I just, tactical RPGs are just like a perfect yeah, little thing yeah, for me. Yeah. Um, so I've been loving it because of that. Um, I could see it being a bit frustrating to a lot of people just because the difficulty level is so bad. Um, and unlike, say, XCOM, where if your team die, it's a nightmare, but it's not the end of the world, this you're screwed because yeah. you've got such a small pool to recruit from. A little bit. It's probably not the same, but um, on Hogs of War, if we go back to the PS1 era, I never completed that game because I'd always get to the final set of levels and you'd, you'd lose a couple of like your top pigs uh, you, you're, you're, pig, you're pigs at war and it's narrated by Rick Mail that's pretty much the entire game yeah, yeah. Um, but as soon as what, as soon as you lost a couple of good ones like you, there was no chance you were going to get through that game because it just got far too hard doing it with like low leveled pigs <laughs> yeah you could say that my bacon was cooked is that the phrase I'm a vegetarian, I, I, I so I, like it, I feel like it is. Yeah, <laughs> my goose is greased. I don't know. I, I've, I've Your not, ham was glazed. Right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a vegetarian, so I, I don't get these meat puns. I'm sure we've mentioned it before, but like that's the big killer for with X comments. It like the, I remember playing the first one. Like when when you lose your favorite little men kind of thing, and you're just left with like random characters called Turner and stuff. It's like, oh god, it's not the same anymore. Like I've got no connection to these people whatsoever. We've <laughs> almost certainly talked about this and the danger of naming them after your friends. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we've yeah we've covered it. Like when I played XCOM two, you know, about we were talking about difficulty as well. Yeah, I I like save scummed me way through that final like level because it was just far too hard. But I <clears> filled <throat> the pool with about fifty people that I'd made. You two were in there. You both died. Um, yeah, I'm sure I covered all that. Oh, okay. um, yeah, rest <laughs> in peace. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, um, no, yeah. Uh, any any final thoughts on that one? Uh, I'm still sort of. I think I'm about halfway through it. Um, again, I mean, it's not an amazing game. I don't really know too much in the Mutant Year Zero sort of background. It's not an RPG that I've played personally. I imagine if you did play that, that would 
probably knock it up a notch for you. But again, I would say it's maybe like middle of the road. It's not something special. Um, the fact that it's a tactical RPG, but it's on a console that I can't, I can only play in the telly. And then you've got Fire Emblem, which is arguably a much, much better game. Yeah. And I can play in the Switch. So, you know, like uh, my partner can be watching the telly and I can just be on the Switch. Maybe handheld is the best way to play those games. There is a Switch yeah. port, but I've heard it runs bad and it's free on Game Pass. It's yeah, definitely so worth If you've got an Xbox, it's 100% worth a punt. Give it a because go if on. you've got Game Pass, it's free. There's no downside to trying it out at all. Yep. Cool, cool. Um, is that last of games? Can I move on to TV? John, have you played a game? A couple of quick games. Go uh, for it. I feel like I'm going to repeat myself here, but the last couple of years, I've talked about Pro Evo, I think, every year. Pro Evolution Soccer 2020, we're on now. I'll just mention again, it's a fantastic in my opinion best football game interesting you say that because Sam bought Pro Evo 2020 and he traded it in because he didn't like it he's a maniac <laughs> where is it tonight he's well, at home, at home he's at home in bed wallowing right? his own yeah. <laughs> self delusions he, he traded it in uh, got, got a few quid for it and bought Grid oh well Grid is actually pretty good yeah. the new one the new Grid yes yeah, yeah I do want to get my hands on the new Grid but uh, I'm loving it I always was a Pro Evo fan. The only reason I've been playing FIFA for the last 10 years is that they have all the, everyone plays FIFA and they have all the uh, licensed teams and stuff. You, you can do that in Pro Evo though. Well, yeah, you can uh, only on PS4, but... I know it's a nightmare for Xbox. I think Sam managed to do like a team. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can uh, put all the, download the option file and put all the real teams on there. But uh, the only reason I played FIFA for the last 10 years was that everyone else played it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Like yeah. that's one of the reasons I played it for years. Is like because yeah. everyone else is playing that one. Just like if you want to play against your friends, if you have to get FIFA kind of thing. And the only other thing is, uh, they had all the official teams, which isn't isn't even true anymore because Juve aren't official on FIFA. And you can't put an options file to get Juventus into the game. Exactly. Yeah, you, you, can. you could say that Pro Evo's got the potential to have a fuller roster than yeah roster, be, be more complete, <laughs> uh, like, a more complete like uh, licensed game than FIFA because FIFA you will not let you edit the Juventus team yeah so for me there's literally no reason now to get FIFA and I've, I've not bought it this year for the first time would you think about that though like who are the two best players in the world Messi and Ronaldo can you imagine like one of their teams not being in the game properly in the it's game crazy that's supposed to be licensed kind of thing yeah the <laughs> licensed game where they give Ronaldo awards all the time yeah. you know he deserves him but he's playing for a team that do they even have like a sponsor on the shirt on that game I, I couldn't tell like, you I have no idea is it what are they, what are they called like Turin it's a fake name like yeah it's like Turin White or something Turentus or something yeah. Turentus <laughs> like they, it, yeah it's crazy when I think yeah. about that can you imagine Barcelona having like Messi playing for like the Catalan side Catalan B or Catalan, or yeah, <laughs> Catalan A and it's like oh yeah. I suppose that's Barcelona but we can't use the badge or the colours um, yeah now they're playing in blue and green rather than blue and red yeah it just it just baffles me that so it's literally for me there's no reason anymore to get FIFA like and I'm just pez all the way and it's fantastic this year really, I'm loving yeah. it just one other quick thing uh, I mentioned to you guys I've been mean, getting back into like retro gaming and stuff recently what if you're there John well, in your hands got a Mega Drive and a SNES but I've been picking up the mini consoles as well bought the Mega Drive mini yesterday the only reason I mention this is because uh, I'll just give it a quick unboxing oh live live audio unboxing audio unboxing the only reason I mention it is is that Steve has some like Deluded viewpoint. As soon as I saw the front of the box, I knew exactly what you were going to say. Steve, for some reason, thinks the uh, Mega Drive 2 
looks better than the original Mega Drive. It, I, I think it does because it does. Right, is where, this the, the actual Mega Drive? <laughs> is this the Mega Drive Two in this one? Like, is this just a mini version of the Mega Drive Two? Steve believes the Mega Drive Two is the better looking Mega Drive, which I strongly disagree with. I so think on looks, the red button. Yes. Yeah, I think it looks terrible. I think the original Mega Drive looks far better. This, I, oh, so what we're what we are now looking at? Is and the so mini, I, guess, yeah. I guess you cast the side and vote. Is this the mini well, Mega Drive 1? That's the Mega Drive 1. Funnily enough, Sega agrees with me. They've put the original Mega Drive as the, <laughs> as the mini Mega Drive. <laughs> it goes on what you owned, doesn't it? It goes what, sorry? It goes off what you owned. Like, that'll be, in, be the Well, one I had there. a Mega Drive 2 as well. I, I had a Mega Drive 2. But I always hated how it looked. I, I had a Mega Drive 2, John, but it was a 1. Oh, sorry, look at that. The, I've got the Super Nintendo Mini, but it's just a block. It doesn't do anything. Is that, they've actually put the uh, the cartridge. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty somewhere. sure. You, can't you play cartridges on it? I'm pretty sure you can. Nope. No, no, no. <laughs> no. It's just for design, I think. But I would say, I would say the Mega Drive One is definitely the better. I think it looks better. It's the gold. I like the gold. Yeah, uh, the gold logo. It, it, it looks really good, small as well. Yeah, but they put like a they put like little weird expansion ports on there and stuff that don't do anything. I heard and a volume button that doesn't do anything, but I just like the fact they've put it on there. I didn't hear the best. Oh no, I'm getting mixed up. It was the PS. Well, the mini PS One got yeah slated. Min- the Mega Drive got is fine. Yeah, yeah. the PS One did get a, a you know a lot of flack, but this one has got 42 games on it, more than twice. The Can I name a couple of games and then you tell me if it's worth? Because if you tell me these games are on it, it's worth having. Yeah, I mean, I've got the list right. here. If you want no, to no, no I'll just I'll just read. I'll just tell you, and then you tell me if they're on there. Yeah, Golden Axe. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, that's Golden that. Axe, uh, Streets of Rage One. Two, Street 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 2. Two, that's fine. That's um, the best one. I think two is big. It's probably, yeah. I, yeah. Got I, was, I think two is the best as well. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I prefer the first one, only because it's the, the arcade version, the first one. Uh, so, uh, Sonic 1, 2, 3, and Knuckles. Only 1 and 2, and uh, Sonic Spinball. Sonic Spinball is a funny one because I really like that, but it is shit. Um, yeah, I think they haven't put like they haven't put the whole collection of games on there no. purely because they've got they've only got forty two games on, so they, they want to put other stuff on as well. Like. Just double check that's that's a USB connection, isn't it? On the USB, you can literally like my Super Nintendo. I power that by plugging it into my PS4. But John, you do you know like I'm pretty sure you're able to load ROMs onto that. You can obviously, you obviously, obviously, you you need to legally own the file before you you should have oh, the ROMs because that's, uh, that's of course, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, but if you did want to download a torrent full of ROMs, John, you could get that on the Mega Drive. That's the appeal of it. You can hack the Super Nintendo one as well and put all the games you want on yeah. there, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. you should consider doing that um, after you've bought all the games. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just thought I'd mention that, Steve. So. Uh, yeah, the best looking one is the uh, Mega Drive one. Um, <laughs> Official, Steve, yeah, with, with John on this one. But yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Cool little, uh, cool little system. It is, yeah, it, I, it I looks... love the fact they've actually put the articulated flaps. I once went through a nice touch. Yeah, I once went for a job interview at Granger Games. Is that a local one or is that a national one? Uh, it, well, it doesn't exist anymore. It's gone now. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, well, they should have hired me when I went for oh. the job interview. Yeah, are you but... saying are you category <laughs> stating on the podcast? Granger Games went down because they didn't hire me on that day. <laughs> All right, I'm happy with that. Um, so like I when I had an interview with Granger Games, one of the interview it was in Scoop. Is Scoop a national thing? I think Oh I don't know, it might not I be actually. Know, it's regional. Right. Scoop yeah, is like yeah. just gold is square. That the only one? Yeah. Yeah, Scoop maybe. is like ice cream and paninis. I am um, in Warrington. Uh, yeah, it's good. What a combo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a job interview and they held it there, which was opposite, which was mad having a job interview in Scoop. Oh, opposite um, the shop, you're gonna be working yeah. <laughs> And one of the questions they asked was what your favourite console was, and I was like, nah. I think it's the Mega Drive, and they said, "Oh, we've heard that a lot today." I think a lot of people have said the Mega Drive, and I'm thinking these people don't know what they're talking about. Like, I, I played the Mega Drive a lot. Well, you didn't get the job, Joe. So if you'd have, well, this is if it, you'd have yeah. said Dreamcast, you'd have got I the should, job. I should, yeah, I should have said something like a bit like 
a bit millennial, like Dreamcast. And they go, well, oh, yeah, yeah. I love uh, Sonic Adventure on the Dreamcast. <laughs> oh, no, look, hang on. Have you ever played... Sonic Adventure is a great game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love uh, Tokyo Highway, the bus simulator game that came out on Dreamcast. Yeah, that oh, was good. Cheers <laughs> for that. Oh, the bus simulator game is actually pretty cool on the Dreamcast. I, I'll be honest, I did, I did enjoy that <laughs> yeah. bus simulator game. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Dreamcast well, yeah, yeah that's great isn't it <laughs> uh, finish with games yeah hold on yeah. Yeah. TV I've got a couple of things TV related yeah me too um, All Elite Wrestling has started recently on TNT in America oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's going head to head with NXT so we're bringing back the Monday Night Wars but now it's on Wednesdays so it's the Wednesday Monday Night Wars yeah, um, yeah. it's NXT versus AEW Dynamite it's a good name for a show I think um, it's 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 Final, there's finally competition for WWE in the wrestling world. Um, I've got a clip I'm going to show you. I can't show the listeners because it's an audio format. That's right, but yeah. I would try to show... mean visually. We've not been recording. I dressed I, up for <laughs> I just wanted to show you a, a short clip from uh, one of the recent pay-per-views. Um, they've got a wrestler on there called Darby Allen, who is like also a professional skateboarder. Quite a good mix. Like... Like uh, sort of extreme wrestler, yeah, and yeah, like, skateboarder. Yeah. I don't, I've not showed you this already, but I'm just going to play this clip over here. So he's he's holding the skateboard. Um, it's a couple of people with it. Um, he then gets oh. onto the top rope. By the way, this skateboard has got um, pins on the bottom of it, and he ollies onto the back like of the guy it. and leaves all the pins in his back. Yeah. He didn't win, but um, yeah, I like it. It's. Quite a good, quite a good idea that one because you can see it there. If you look at the the skateboard, there, <laughs> it's not the best for an audio podcast. But see all the all the pins there. Yeah, oh, no, I see them. All the pins there. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, very good. So, um, I would recommend watching that. I've watched every episode up to now. It's been three, three weeks of it. I know I'm probably being really dozy here, but I, I'm shocked at looking at that. How similar the format is to WWE, you know, the way it's been recorded and stuff, the filming, and the fact that JR's doing the commentary as well. It's like, mad, like, yeah. <laughs> it look, it's, it's like watching WWE. Like. Do, do you know what's funny? It's like, um, if you rewind back to WCW, you had Jim Ross on commentary with Tony Schiavo- Schiavone. Schiavone? I think that's right. Yeah. yeah, they're both two of the commentators on AEW. Right. Which is like, part of me thinks, well, you kind of need to get more young people on it. But then the other side of me is like, no, this is really cool. Like, yeah, no, I think they're being clever there. It's a bit like how WCW just took all the old guys from WWE, WWF but back in the day what, and it worked yeah. more than didn't it? What they've managed to do is take the old people that matter. They didn't yeah, just sign yeah. up. Yeah, that, like, that's 100% it. It's like if you think back to glory days of WWE, well, WWF, let's be honest, like you're going to think, who was going to And it's, it's JR, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. yeah. yeah. The, the main people in AEW, you've got Cody Rhodes, who obviously runs it. Um, the Young Bucks, biggest tag team in the world. Even before AEW started, they were the most popular. Kenny Omega, the best wrestler in the world, um, without doubt, I would say, at this point. You've got John Moxley in there, formerly Dean Ambrose. Yeah, yeah. He big, he's gotten huge since he moved. Not, like, physically, but, like, he's, he's you know, met- metaphorically huge. Has he stopped doing that stupid stepping in the turnbuckle thing? Because um, if he has, I might okay with like him. well he he was the new japan united states champion until recently but there's been a recent typhoon and it's in new japan's rules that if you can't attend the show they'll strip you of the belt <laughs> so <laughs> so don't matter about storyline it's like if you can't make the event and he couldn't yeah. make the event they stripped the belt off him um, that, that is harsh yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, no, it's crazy because he'd yeah. been he'd been undefeated up to that point for at least in in title matches so what you're saying is god himself has stepped in to and, strip for him off the belt and said no we can't have john moxley as champ anymore um but it's really good i'm i'm really enjoying it There's, it's got characters in it it feels like 
if you imagine like the best parts of wrestling now, oh, I should say Jericho's the champion at the moment as well. Ah, right, okay. Who is like, you, if you're going to put the belt on someone to give your company yeah, a boost, recognition, like, yeah, yeah, it's like you put on Chris Jericho, who's like one of one of the best ever. Yeah, uh, yeah. I love Chris Jericho at the minute because he's done the weird sort of reverse route where he was huge in like WWE, WWF, and then from there went on the indie circuit. Yeah, he, normally you'd yeah. expect this to be the other way around. He did a couple of matches in New Japan as well, and then ended up in AEW. And yeah, it's for a wrestling fan, it's a it's a massive breath of fresh, breath of fresh air. It's a uh, rated fifteen, so you've got a bit more edge to it. Yeah, You're not all that cutting away at crucial moments. No, you, you, we had a, an unprotected chair shot head to the head, which went wrong. Which yeah. they've said, yeah, we're not going to do that again. It left Cody Rhodes on the floor covered in blood. <laughs> it was like mm. they gimmicked the chair, so it was like a really thin tray. But they ended up, he hit him so hard that it, that it wrapped around his head and like cut him right open at the back of his head. Yeah. So yeah, they decided not to do that again. Well, I could probably sound a bit bloodthirsty here, but that's the kind of thing I want. <laughs> I agree. Like, yeah. I'm only going off what you guys have been telling me for the last few years about how like WWE's been scaling that kind of thing back. I believe you can't even do pile drivers in WWE now. No, and I'll, I'll give you an example. I watched um, last night's AEW uh, Wednesday Night Dynamite. Uh, Chris Dan- Christopher Daniels do you know him Steve? I know him from was he ringing hot on, uh, is it the Fallen Angel yeah. Uh, yeah yeah yeah. so he was he was in like TNA and stuff and on the I Indies ring of, ring of Honor I can't say that phrase for some reason <laughs> Ring of Honor yeah, is where was, I saw him back yeah he was huge yeah. on the yeah, um, for example you mentioned pile drivers at the start of the show last night he took a packaged pile driver to the ramp <laughs> And it did look a bit nasty. I was like, oh, that's probably a bit mm-hmm. much. He took that from Pentagon, who was the top Mexican guy until recently. Probably still is one of the biggest names in Mexico. He signed to the roster. But yeah, he just, that just happened at the start of the show. And then he, they, they played out the injury and said, oh, he's injured, so he can't play. Can't play. He can't wrestle. Can't <laughs> um, so come out now. That's they, it. They had to, they had to like, substitute him out for someone else. But it was interesting because you don't see that sort of shit in WWE. At the yeah. moment in WWE, you've got... Seth Rollins and um, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt's the only good thing in yeah. WWE at the moment. Having a match that was so badly received that Seth Rollins has more or less had to turn heel because all the fans hate him and he's supposed to be the face champion. Bray Wyatt's getting cheered, a man with a mask on who is supposed to be like a nightmare. Yeah. And yet he's... The he's, fans are behind him. The fans are behind him <laughs> demolishing Seth yeah. Rollins. Like, and it's, it's, that's the only good thing about that entire show is, is Bray Wyatt. Like on that, like I love the fact, like how old is Vince now? Like seventy-five or something. He must yeah. be like, you know, getting up there. I think he's transcended age now. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. taking so many steroids yeah. that he's more steroid than man. He's now a mythical being. <laughs> he's but, he's I, doing the XFL as well. Yeah, yeah, doing the XFL. Yeah. But I love the fact he's got up to that age of seventy-five, and he must have thought that I've conquered it. You know, I've, I've conquered the wrestling scene. And this this is cropped up now, and he's got a challenge again at the age of seventy-five. He he might be loving it for all I know. He might be thinking. You know, he loves a challenge kind of thing, but just the fact that he's getting to the end of his life, it's like, another one comes on, I've got, got to beat these people now as well. Like They they started counter-programming NXT to run at the exact same time as them, which is interesting for the fans. Do you know oh, what yeah, I mean? definitely, so, yeah. But, like, they put that on as if to say, right, we're just going to mop the floor with them in the ratings because we're WWE and they're just some upstart on, yeah. on, on TNT, which is, ironically, the they're on um, Times Warner now, which is where WCW used to be. Right. With um, billionaire Ted. Ted, Ted Turner. Ted Turner. Yeah, yeah. So they were they were 
that was his old thing. And obviously yeah. Ted Turner's probably like, he'd be quite happy that they've got wrestling back on the network because he is a fan of wrestling. Yeah. Um, but they counter-programmed NXT to beat them in the ratings and then they got absolutely trounced in the ratings. They got less than half of the key demographic of like male 18 to 49. Less than half the show. That's like, that's getting absolutely demolished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, By what they consider an upstart, like, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, like, like yeah. coming out and like just starting out. I think mm. WWE got so complacent because TNA was never really a proper competitor. It was... Yeah, never really. Even with all the money behind it when it first started, it just never sort of properly challenged them. So they've had what, like fifteen years almost, just unopposed. Yeah, pretty know, much. The the interesting thing about TNA when I know these days it's Impact, but TNA, um, whilst it was still called TNA, ran longer than WCW. That's how long TNA was. Oh, around. really? It started out in like two thousand three. That's funny. It doesn't feel that way, does no, it? No, because <laughs> it, it got it got it got a bit more popular around two thousand and eight. And then they had their peak was like 2010 with the Aces and Eights, which was like Bully Ray or Bubba Ray Dudley's like yeah. proper start into being yeah. like really good. And then it kind of just all petered out and went to shit again where they had like Tito Ortiz and stuff coming out with this like really awkward, you know, when you cross your arms to try and look hard. Like, <laughs> I suppose that's what people do. But he did that and it looked really, really awkward. And it was like, that's just Tito Ortiz. He was like, he's like five years out of the MMA game. Yeah. It's just, it's just, just didn't work. Kind it's of just thing. shite. And they, then they hit that peak and just couldn't follow it up. They, they pissed it all away, lost all the fans, stopped going. And, and at the moment, Ring of Honor looks like it's about to die. Or at least at least they've hardly got, they've got half the, the base they used to have for fans. So. That's a bit of a warning shot though for AEW in terms of like WCW did that. They peaked in like 98 or something. They got massive, didn't they? And they were beating WWF. But again, they just couldn't follow it up. And again, there's there's a good book by Brian Alvarez, which is called the Death of WCW, the Death of WCW, which chronicles why and stuff. And that's dead interesting. Yeah. It just it just shows that they just gave all the power to like the likes of Hulk Hogan and Kevin Nash and said, right, they all had clauses in the contract of creative control. Yeah. It's like, okay, pay millions and millions of pounds to your top guys and let them do what they want just to push themselves. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. yeah, okay, that killed the company. That was it. So that's just like a bit of a warning for AEW, like, you know, a bit of hubris kind of thing. Like, just don't, yeah, go, yeah. don't go down that route kind well, of thing. They're being run by Tony Khan's the money man behind it, and he's the son of Mr. Khan, who is the guy who owns Fulham and the yeah, Jackson Jaguars. Khan, is it? Yeah. yeah, but he's even richer than Vince. So, yeah, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Like, he's literally like a billion billionaire. And it's yeah. like, they could, he could just, his son could just piss away all his money in wrestling, and like, the fans will love it. Yeah. Um, they brought back Pyro as well. I'll move on from wrestling now, but AEW started using Pyro. Pyro was like fireworks and Sorry, stuff. Sorry, I thought you were like a new wrestler then also. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was searching my mind trying to think who was talking about. Yeah. Pyro. <laughs> they started using like Pyro for like ring entries and stuff and all the fans yeah. were like, fucking hell, Pyro, this is amazing. And then as soon as they started doing it again, WWE started using oh. it again. And it was like, oh yeah, well we've got, we've got Pyro. Um, it's just, I could go into it for hours. It's so like interesting. But like this me. is the thing that like, I know I'm stating the obvious here, but like you need competition in anything. Like Absolutely. it, it oh, brings yeah. the best out of both, like that kind of thing. And Which this world is more about with them WWE getting complacent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they they just kind of tail off. But like now they've got a competitor there. Just just little things like that. Like they will push each other to to get better. Kind of thing. Even like in recent memory, think like say what three four years ago, how good NXT was. And then, oh yeah, it was and great. Then, and then yeah. they just went, they just yeah. everything that made NXT good, put them into uh, the main roster. And most of them just didn't do anything until yeah. petered out and died. And then they just had nothing left in NXT. So that died as well. Yeah. Yeah, NXT NXT is a shadow of what it used to be. Yeah, 100%. Even when it was like Bo Dallas was the champ there, everyone hated Bo Dallas. 
But even then, it was still much, uh, probably not much better, but still more enjoyable as a show. You yeah. had the likes of oh, Finn, yeah. Finn Balor coming in. Yeah, yeah. Was it? I could have talked for ages about wrestling, but... Well, like, Finn if, Balor was, like, in NXT for, what, like, three, four months before going up to the main roster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but again, yeah. They, they treat it as developmental, and he was, like, one of the top guys, well, mm-hmm. top, at least one of the top gaijins in New Japan wrestling. And they were like, oh, yeah, better put him in developmental. It's like... He's like one of the most talented people on your entire roster. And yeah. You stick him in develop- developmental, but then when you start seeing what happened on the main roster, you think probably would have preferred it if he stayed on NXT. Yeah. And the thing is, he's just moved back down to NXT now because now they're on Wednesdays. You wanted to have a few more higher profile people to compete with. AEW, yeah. So yeah. he's now on NXT again. It's mm. like it's just it's just it's, it's like, a weird uh, setup. That yeah, it's <laughs> odd. But yeah, well, um, if you two ever get on to watching AEW or pay per view or that, yeah. we might do we might do some. I definitely want to watch it. It's just like a literally time thing at the moment. Into uh, yeah, yeah. Because I think I mentioned that NFL's back on now, so yeah, on yeah. Sundays are taking up with NFL kind of thing. So it's on ITV four, I think. Uh, AEW I think well, it's every got, week. Uh, there's definitely the highlight show, like an hour. So oh, if, right, you, okay. if you if you if you record it, well, if you're listening, people at home, uh, <laughs> you can record that. Um, can't remember if there's a they're bringing a full live broadcast out, but there's definitely definitely a tape delay version. Yeah, but it's just on ITV. Well, when they did the recent, I say recent pay per view, the pay per view a while ago, ITV that was box on, office. Yeah. yeah, which ITV box Cr- office. Mental. Yeah. Like, it's, it's had three or four pay per views in its entire ten years. Yeah, it's a weird like boxing matches because <laughs> I logged into it. But I did watch the pre-show that was uh, on just ITV four like straight. So I did watch that. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I think he had a battle roll to end it, which was pretty pretty nifty. He had the man draining oil. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Himself, oh, yeah that was hilarious. Yeah, he's yeah. not called Slippy Boy. Slippy Boy. <laughs> yeah. Michael Nakazawa. There you go, Slippy Boy. Yeah, he, uh, he covered himself in like oil to slip out of a hole. It was, oh, right. it was amazing. Yeah, um, yeah we'll, 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 we'll have a chat uh, off, uh, off air. Um, yep, yep. I want to move on to not wrestling related, but something that a lot of wrestling fans should like Dragon Ball Z. I've been watching that recently. Uh, Dragon Ball Kai. I've never watched it, but I know Elliot's at work at a. Oh, I'll have a chat with you about Dragon Ball. You'll have to let him know that I'm I'm just up to the Boo saga. So right, right. Remember that. Uh, one of the worst parts of the whole thing was there was at one point three bad guys, and it was Bippity Boppity and Boo, <laughs> and it was like wow, okay. But other than that, the I've absolutely loved it to a point where me misses uh, she was laughing at me because I was like oh, I, I'd seen something online because it was a Dragon Ball Z film that came out or something and due to that there was a lot of media around Dragon Ball Z and one of them it showed like a clip from old Dragon Ball Z so I'm watching Kai which is like a condensed version like a more recent condensed version of the entire show of yeah. at least <clears throat> at least the start and uh, it showed Gohan versus Cell and I was I said to my missus I was like oh they've ruined that I, I didn't want to know that it was Gohan versus Cell they've ruined that match for me and she was like what are you talking about like, like, <laughs> like the show was made in like 1990 or something and you, you're treating it like it's some kind of big boxing match no it's, it's Gohan versus Cell like in like episode 80 or something <laughs> and I was like oh I didn't want to I didn't want to know that but Dragon Ball Z I'm yeah I've watched most of Kai up to I'm up to the final sort of 20 episodes of this now um, I one of the best animes I've ever watched it's amazing. Like, I don't know. I, there's a reason why it's it's so popular even yeah. now. It's, it really is absolutely brilliant. Well, you mentioned that. It's from like 1990. I, yeah, no, I think it was around that anyway. Yeah, I had no idea. It was that old. The, uh, the, only, reason I reali- the only reason I realized recently, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I'll say that 10 times fast, is that on the Super Nintendo, I've been watching loads of like YouTube videos for Super Nintendo games, and uh, I saw a video talking about how a Dragon Ball Z like Street Fighter-style fighting game 
is actually one of the best beat em ups on, on Super Nintendo. I haven't got a clue now what it's called, but yeah. it's one of them where like I might end up, get, end up getting that game just because it's like a great fighting game. Kind well, of well even then, um, one of the recent games that came out was Dragon Ball Fighters, and that is get that got rave reviews and that came out even from people who weren't Dragon Ball fans. And yeah, they were all saying this is an amazing fighting game. It mm-hmm. looks like the anime. It just looks like you're watching that. Um, but if if you're ever thought about jump jumping into Dragon Ball, uh, Dragon Ball Kai is not a bad starting point. There are things that it misses that you really want to see, like Goku learning to drive. That's that sounds like a classic episode <laughs> that isn't included in Kai. But yeah, I've I've really enjoyed that. So Thank you that's 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 all I've been doing with time TV wise. Yep. Well, speak about children's TV shows. Children, sorry, <laughs> sorry, children's TV. Yeah, yeah, it's a kid show, isn't it? So uh, I, I remember I got triggered when John started calling it anime like that. Can't that those cartoons? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you'll laugh. So I've been watching. I've not really been watching much TV recently, but what I have been watching is Horrible Histories on Netflix. Oh, I mean, it is incredible. It's so good. It's basically just a sketch show. It is aimed at kids, but it's just a sketch show. Where you learn little weird historical facts, and it's amazing. Like the cast are genuinely fantastic. Uh, they do a lot of stuff together uh, outside of horrible histories. They did um, Yonderland on Sky. Is it UK this UK? Yeah, made. yeah. yeah. Uh, they did Yonderland on Sky, which was a pretty good um, sort of almost labyrinth slash uh, dark crystal oh, no, like style show. There's like a lot of puppets going on, kind of thing. Like yeah. yeah. They did a, they did a, I can't think what it's called now. I'm going to call it Ghost House Show because I can't remember its name. It might be called Ghosts. Let's call it Ghosts, where most of the cast were just different ghosts from different periods just haunting this house. Um, but they're all great. They're all genuinely pretty good. Um, and it's about history and stuff. It's pretty cool. Yep. Fun and educational. Yep. yep. That, that's me all over. <laughs> <laughs> Any other TV? Just a couple of really quick things. Uh, I'll just mention the first. A TV show called Barry. I don't know if you've heard about it, Joe. I think I mentioned it to Steve in mm-hmm. work. The only reason I mentioned it is that I only heard about it recently. And it's two series in in the US already. And it's Bill Hader, who I'm sure you've seen him before. He's been, I've heard the name. I'll probably know the face. Like a comedian actor. Yeah. Uh, and he plays a hitman who was sent to California to kill an actor. But while there, he accidentally gets roped into acting in this like really tin pot little stage show kind of thing. And finds out that like... He has like a lot of guilt about killing people and stuff like that. And he can express his guilt within through acting. So it's like a hitman who becomes like a part-time actor kind of thing as well. So it's like a comedy drama kind of thing, but it's fantastic. It's really good. The only thing is with being in the UK, the only way I've been able to watch it is to uh, buy it from Amazon. It's like £19 a season kind of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sure you can you know download it from reputable online sites. <laughs> <laughs> reputable by Rebe related sites. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but yeah, definitely, you know, if you, especially if you like Bill Hader, uh, he's fantastic in it. And I believe it was his idea, kind of thing. He just came up with the idea for the show and, and got it made. And it's really worth really worth checking out, a really funny show. Uh, what you, what you, what's that rating are you giving it up to now? I'm not going to rate it. I'm not finished Series 2 yet, so okay. I'll hold But you're on. loving it. Yeah, loving Full it. recommendation. Yeah, definitely. Great show. Cool. Definitely. It's only a half an hour as well, and there's only eight episodes per season, so we can, you know, we can blast through it in a, in a day kind of thing. Yeah. <clears throat> And the other thing, again, I'm uh, not exactly uh, blowing anyone's mind with this, but Mindhunter, I know it's been around for like two years now on Netflix, but I only recently watched the entire lot of two series that are on Netflix. And it's a fantastic show. I mean, I know, I know I'm really late to the game with this one, but I believe you've been watching it, Steve, as well. I've watched the first five or six episodes. Yeah. I've genuinely enjoyed what I've watched so far. Um, just like 
just going to have time to do things I like anymore. Yeah. But there's a bit in Series 2. It goes off the boil a little bit in Series 2, I think, purely because the appeal of the show is watching them interview the uh, the serial killers. And there's a good four or five episode stretch in Series 2 where they get away from that. And it's like, no, that's the appeal of the show. You know, seeing them interview Charlie Manson and Ed Kemper uh, and these kind of people. That is really the, the heart of the show, just seeing the, the dynamic and the back and forth. But they just get away from that for a bit too long and it gets a bit too, like, a standard cop show, you know, like CSI or something like that. It becomes too much of a standard uh, police format kind of thing. But uh, a lot of the episodes are directed by David Fincher, who did, like, Fight Club and Seven, stuff like that. And uh, Zodiac, of course. And it feels like Zodiac, the TV show. I mean... I can't recommend that enough. That's a heavy five out of five for both series. Uh, great show. I'll check that out. Yeah, yep, yep. I need to watch that. Um, we're done with TV. Done with yeah. TV. Yeah. Uh, we're going to move on to films, but I've prepared a little game. Okay. I've cool. prepared a little game before we go into films. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a gig recently. Uh, to well, more my missus' band rather than mine, but well, it's neither of our bands. It's a band we went to see, but um, <laughs> it was a band called Ice Nine Kills, like a rock band. But their um their latest album, and I think some of the more recent songs they've done, has been concept work based on horror films. So all the lyrics and all the imagery and stuff in all of the music has been based on specific horror films. Okay, yeah. So we all the lyrics. So the idea for this game, um I'm gonna read some lyrics out to you, and you're gonna have to guess the film. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um it's a, it's it's generally a horror films. Do we have to like buzz in or anything or Well, I was thinking about this before well, I would um, prefer not to because John's going to demolish me in this. <laughs> John, John probably will demolish you. Yeah. But what we'll do, I've got five, I've got a list here. I'm going to choose five uh, songs and I'm going to read some lyrics. And when you think you know what it is, you've got to say stop. Okay. I've stole this from the football ramble, basically. Right. So you say stop. And if you get it wrong, the other person gets more lyrics until I've sort of finished reading. And oh. So you won't be able to guess again after you've said stop. Okay, yeah, no problem. Right. Steve, can you sit back a bit whilst I, I get my... Um... Hey, Jim, it won't make a difference. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these are lyrics from that uh, band called Ice Nine Kills that we're going to turn into this little fun little game that I'm going to call. Here's some lyrics based on films. Can you guess the film? Catchy, catchy time. Yeah, it's almost <laughs> as good as Sam's game of... Um, Actors whose birthdays are today guess the age. <laughs> that, was, that was good. I forgot, forgot about that. <laughs> play more games. <laughs> right. Are you ready for your first one? Yep. Getting ready for bed at a regular time is one of the most important habits you can learn. Nightmare on Elm Street. You need to say stop. Oh, stop. Stop. Nightmare on Elm Street. Okay. What we'll do? I'll throw that. One. I'll throw that. That was a test. Let's oh, say. Okay. 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 <laughs> um, Steve you got the moral victory there John listen to the rules mate yeah, yeah 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 the next one in calculated silence captivated by the violence of the play 15 years ago today oh an evil evolution will bring a feeble institution to its knees oh doctor can't you see that's when the hands of fate fall on the midnight hour behind this mask of hate I don the devil's power any ideas up to now? Oh god! I'm oh, stop. Total guess. Rosemary's Baby. Incorrect. Oh. Uh, Steve, I'll read. I'll read some more for you. I don't. I don't know if you'll get them. Um, Cheers, mate. <laughs> Full confidence for me. All units respond. Multiple fatalities reported on Orange Grove Avenue. Suspect has been identified as one. And it's the name. I'm not going to give you the name. Of that. I feel like I know what it is now. He is armed and extremely dangerous. Shoot to kill. I repeat. Shoot to kill. Over. I Any know, ideas? I know. I think. I think uh, the Orange Grove thing, maybe. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Is Orange Grove? Is it Jason? 
Stop, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Is uh, it, can I guess? Or? You can, John. You're not going to get the point, but you can guess. Halloween. Yeah, oh, I knew it was one of them. It was, it was a 50 50 guess whether it's Jason or my. I should have waited a bit longer before. Uh, next one, are you ready? No. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> they're tightening vices unearthed to prove what they're worth. Amidst their sins, the game begins. Stop. Hellraiser. Incorrect. Stop. Uh, Soul. It's all. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's a vice. It's, yeah, yeah. It's also the game begins. Yeah. It's quite yeah. smart lyrics, to be fair. No, I'm not liking it. Um, yeah. So, what are we, were we on 1 0? I think that's 1, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We're doing better. First to 3, I suppose, we'll do. The next one. We all know the place that appears so sublime, but if you dive a little deeper, you'll hit the real bottom line. The head of the town is out there flashing his teeth. A telltale sign about to surface that there's a monster lurking underneath. They're thrashing around, but found they can't contain a leak. Because I've got a fish to fry that's feeding on the weak. Uh, we're all just floating in a shallow... Oh, stop. Jaws. It's Jaws. <laughs> yeah. Good? Again? Yeah, 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 very good. I'll pick one towards the end of the, the song, so I wonder if this is towards the end of the film. Mm. Not necessarily a clue. I'm just speaking out loud on a podcast, which is what happens when you speak. <laughs> Read the lyrics, John. <laughs> <clears throat> How'd I end up here? So uncomfortable. I'm a stranger in this body. The world's an ugly, ugly place. And that's a fact that fate has brought me. I had to disappear. So it would all just go away. Now the end is drawing near. And God, I wish you would have stayed. It cuts deep because our hearts are all are still attached. A deadly touch spreads an itch that can't be scratched. Sometimes I wish it all would all just fade to black. I can't go back. Now I'm lost on my own in search of something real. How cruel to be exposed to everything that I can't touch but still feel. There's a clue. Lost on my own, they'll never understand how tragic, to, how tragic to suppose that I almost held the world in my hands. There's another clue. Another clue for you. A captive beauty queen, so untouchable, in the town that has disowned me. Nice guys finish last. And that's a fact that she has shown me. That's another, that's another clue. Yeah, towards the end of the film. <laughs> he, made the cut, but he made the cut, but she deserves a better man. Stop. I Stop. Edward Scissorhands. It's Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's no, all the story. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah you, you've won, John. That was yeah, funny. yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. There's, there's, there's a lot of good lyrics in here. Like this one. Like, this is easy. This is why I didn't do this one. But allow me to introduce myself. They, they call me the Dancing Clown. And you must be Georgie. <laughs> Did you hear my oh. circus was in town? <laughs> you know what? I thought everyone else was it at one point. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the little game I thought I'd no, no, in, good. segue into movies. Um, yep, yep. Uh, I've only got a couple, really. Um, yeah, same here. Yeah. Um, Endgame, <clears throat> which you've covered recently on podcasts. I've only just watched that. Yeah. Really good. Best Marvel film. Uh, Avengers, best, but, but, let, me, let me rephrase that. Best Avengers film for me. Yeah, um, I still think the first one's the best one. See, I, I yeah. think maybe, yeah, the first yeah. one might still be the best. I think it might just be the fact it was the first one. It's the first time you saw them all team up, and that just sticks with me, kind of yeah, thing, you yeah. know, like the, for me, the top that. Yeah, yeah, I totally, totally get that. Um, for me, the, yeah, when I watched it, I was like, I was watching it thinking, this doesn't even feel like an Avengers film. It was like, it just felt somewhat completely different. But, yeah, uh, a big thumbs up from me. I don't know what I'd rate it, probably. Yeah, it's fun. It's, it's, not, it's not a five-star film, but... I use a solid four though. It's at least Pretty a solid. Good. Yeah, I call it. I call yeah. it a solid four, probably. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Very long. 
Uh, really funny as well. I found. I found. Yeah, yeah. I laughed a lot. Yeah, uh, yeah. I liked Fat Four on it. I thought. Yeah, it was it's good. funny. Yeah. Like, um, well, I just loved the, the whole Big Lebowski homage with Four. Yeah, great. The it cardigan and everything was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Really good. Really good. And even the bit at the end. I mean, I've moaned about this in work, and like they kind of have explained it away in interviews afterwards. But just the fact that like they spend the whole film trying to get these things to travel through time. What do they call them? Pin particles or something? Yeah. And then at the end, uh, Thanos and his entire army turns up. They don't explain how. Like, it just <laughs> yeah. shows up. And it's like, they've just spent the whole film explaining how important these pin particles are. And it doesn't matter for Thanos. He just turns up with his army. But you, you forgive it that because it's like, it's the end, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's just just get them all together for the big fight kind of thing. You know? should have put a spoilers tag up. But oh, talk, yeah, talk, yeah. Talk. <laughs> I feel like it's probably been a while. It's... I really liked it when Captain America went in the thing and then he didn't come back and you were thinking, oh, he's, he's obviously gone back to be with his missus back in the yeah. day. But then, you know, when he, he sat on the bench and stuff, I, I was like, I was like, oh, oh, look, <laughs> it's going to be him. And it obviously was. And it was like, no, love that. That was, that was amazing. Yeah. Like, the, I, I love time travel anyway. Not, you know, I can't time travel, but like the concept of yeah, it and, and how it can be portrayed in film and stuff. Absolutely love it. Yeah. And that was a, another good example where I go, you have to wrap around your head that he's lived for decades before. Similar with Dragon Ball Z, if you just run back to that, there's a chamber that you can go in and train, and for every, like, one minute... What films have you saw, John, recently? <laughs> <laughs> for every one minute, Steve, it's six hours in the chamber. And the idea is you go in for, like, a day, and it's like a year in the chamber training. That's why you can come out as, like, a super, super saiyan. Anyway, Endgame, really good. Enjoyed that. Anyway. Sorry, spoilerific again, but I love the bit where... Uh, yes, yeah, so warning spoilers, but... The bit where uh, someone picks up Mjolnir, is it called? Mjolnir, yeah. Mjolnir, and uh, you're like, oh, who's this? And it's Captain America. And I thought that was like really well done kind of thing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. I, like, I like that. Yeah, because Thor's like, oh, I knew it. Yeah, and, I knew it. Because uh, <laughs> they swap over the axe and yeah. Mjolnir is like, oh, I'll, I'll keep the bigger one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My favourite part of, the, of all the Avengers films is when they sort of like almost, almost swap things or you see like people who shouldn't normally interact yeah, yeah. I remember there's a, there's a moment in the last Avengers film uh, with uh, Rocket with the Winter Soldier like back to back shooting guns and stuff I was like that's that's pretty cool yeah you never think you'll see them two together no. kind of thing like, and then yeah. you get this like cool little moment between them and like when you get again in Endgame you get that moment between Captain America and Thor yeah. I get that they've been through all the films together yeah. but it was a nice little moment and I know I've been a bit like I'm always a bit detrimental of the Marvel films but this film's smarter than you think as well like uh because when the film starts, I'm, I'm immediately being negative, thinking, oh, God, here we go, three-hour Marvel film. I'm thinking, if I've got to watch three hours of them trying to find, find Thanos, I'll be fuming. But they find Thanos within the first five minutes, kill him, and it's like, right, what's next? You know, where do they go from here? Kind of Again, thing. like, I, like it's, off the it's bat. like it's smarter than the audience, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, yeah, great. Like, I yeah. thought there was a lot of smart stuff in the film. Yeah, like, yeah. like what you just said there, where the, I know he sort of comes back from another yeah, reality yeah. and stuff, but <clears throat> I was shocked when he just died at the start of the film. Yeah. I was like, oh, shit. Okay then, like, yeah, just, what, what's this, gonna happen now? <laughs> that's not the way you normally start a superhero film. Yeah, by yeah. killing the bad guy off straight away. Yeah, like it's it was interesting. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll move move. I'm gonna move on from that. I've got nothing else to add other than that. We've not even mentioned what the the, the sort of two. Oh yeah, <laughs> the two headlines we're doing this week are El Camino and Joker. No, no spoilers for either of them. But we'll come on to them if when, when you're ready. Yeah. Um, but yeah, any other films you want you want to cover while we're here? In all honesty, no. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I do not. <laughs> I, I've not watched El Camino, but Joke is the only big film that I recently saw. Really, yep, yep. 
Do you want to get into El Camino? Have you not got any other films, John? Just El Camino and Joker, that's it. Okay, El Camino. Uh, did you watch it the night it came out? I watched it last night. <laughs> last night? Yeah. Um, are you a fan of Breaking Bad? I love Breaking Bad. Steve, are you a fan of... I've not watched it, mate. Have you not? Have you not? No, oh, yeah. Okay. I, said to, I was talking to John, he's like, yeah, everybody's always got this series and it's like this, this critical claim series that you've always sort of like, almost in a sort of counterculture fashion for. I'm not watching that. Breaking Bad's that. Yeah. Also, realistically, the reason is I saw the first series three times, but then forget to carry on. And then think, oh, I can't do series two. I'll have to watch the first yeah, one go again. Yeah, go back again. And now it's the series like, I can't watch it again. Yeah, for, for, um, I watched El Camino and it really reminded me, me, John, I've not spoken to you at all about this, but for me, this uh, proper made me miss old Breaking Bad. Like, Yeah, yeah. Um, really missed being able to just watch that and binge through it. Well, I kind of agree. The thing for me was, this is no, I'm not saying the film's tread, dreadful or anything, but all of the flashback stuff at the start, they basically they do a recap stay of like yeah. the entirety of Breaking Bad before the film starts. Just watching that recap, I was like, I just wish I was watching Breaking Bad again. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's, to me, like, it's it's not often, it's two hours long, isn't it? And yeah, it's not yeah. often for me, but <clears throat> two hours does not feel like two hours, especially for films. Like, I'll sit there in a film I'm enjoying and I'll, I'll be looking at the, cl- the clock going... All right, I'm 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 ready for this to end now. Yeah. But with this one, I was like an hour <clears> in, and it felt like twenty minutes. Like I was fully like I was fully enjoying it. Um, there's a few bits that I'm not. I wasn't too sure about, but there's stuff that you couldn't really fix. So, for example, Todd is in Breaking Bad at the end of this. I'm, we'll do this without spoiling anything. Steve, yeah. But, there's a guy called Todd in like the last couple of seasons, John. The last yeah, two, I think it's probably the last one he comes into. It's just the last one. The reason I know that is I've got a quote here from Vince Gilligan who talks about Todd specifically. Is uh, he going to mention what I'm about to mention? I'm not sure. You go first. Okay. He's put a lot of weight on since Breaking Bad. Well, I, I wasn't going to mention Now that you say it, I did. I was thinking that watching it. Yeah. Yeah, he's very uh, big in the face compared to what we used jowly. to be like. Yeah, very yeah, jowly. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. He, yeah. When you, you see, it's supposed to have took place in the exact same time zone. Yeah. Like zone. <clears throat> in all Breaking Bad from how many years ago? Six years. Somewhere. Yeah, 2013, I think. 2013. Finished, yeah. When he's in that, he's like, you know, in shape, uh, looks a bit like Matt Damon. And young. Like, yeah. yeah, and now he looks like a sort of puffy... Fat Matt Damon. Fat Matt Damon. <laughs> Just Matt Damon now. Like, yeah, basically, yeah. Well, like, I had to like suspend my disbelief and sort of let go, let it go because yeah. I was like, I'll just... It would have been jarring had I just finished watching Breaking Bad and then moved straight onto the film. Yeah. You can't... You, you can do that, but you, you go into it going, hmm, Todd looks six years older and fatter. Well, no disrespect to Todd. Todd Todd's one of my favourite characters in that film, but... While we're on that topic, can I just mention a few things? Like, Jesse looks older and fatter. When he does. He, which he is. Yeah. I thought, uh, sorry, yeah, sorry, I meant, first of all, I meant to say Todd, it looks older and fatter, but Jesse also does as well. There's just something about the way he walks, he looks older, I can't describe yeah. it, and they're trying to like make him look like Jesse from the TV yeah, show, yeah. the young kind of, you know, uh, yeah, and it just, it looks like a middle-aged man trying to look like a teenager, I think. <laughs> I did like that, you know, they gave him the beard and stuff in the long run, yeah, I was thinking yeah. they've done that to cover up as much as possible. I thought that, I thought they were going to keep that look with the long hair yeah. and beard, but then they just shave his head straight away. Shave his head and then he looks like, like modern day Aaron Paul, who's yeah, like been yeah. in Fast and Furious and all that. Not but, Fast and Furious, Need for Speed. But also in terms of the look, when Brian Cranston turns up, oh sorry, this might be a, it's not really a spoiler is it, but no. Brian Cranston is in the show. And I was like, he doesn't look right, What what is it about him that I figured his head looked a bit <laughs> and puffy. And back in the show in the old days, he'd always shave his head like, yeah. 
But now, because he's only in it for like two minutes, they've given him a ball cap and it just doesn't look right kind of thing. It looks a little bit weird. And I only noticed at the end, I was trying to work out why it looked weird, but the credits at the end, it's a ball cap provided by Greg Nicotero. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's, well, it's not even James <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he's, 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 it's not, it's, the thing is though, I was looking at it and like, I didn't pick up on it at all, me, but I know people who've mentioned that and they go, yeah, do you know why he looked a bit weird? I'm like, why? He was like, didn't shave his head this time, ball yeah. cap. And I was like, oh, right, okay, that'll be why he was like a bit... <clears throat> I didn't know whether it was just because he'd aged by a few years, but... I thought that maybe, but... Brian Cranston hasn't really aged in six years, do you know what I mean? Like, I've got to admit, I was impressed when he starts talking. He sounds just like Walter White again. It's oh, he, he's straight yeah. back into the character kind of thing. Yeah, like. it's... I know the, the, <clears throat> the film is the story about Jesse, yeah. but ah, that Walter White character's amazing. Like, yeah. He's the drawer of the show, do you know? I know Jesse is as well, but Walter White is the show. When, when he was back in, I was like... I just forgot how much I liked the character Walt. Like, I just wanted him like to be in the whole yeah. thing, kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, think he died on release day. The um... yeah, Robert Forster. Yeah, and yeah. That, I was looking at him, thinking like I couldn't remember if he was in Breaking Bad originally. I th- well, I, I don't remember him being in it, but he was no. apparently. Yeah, yeah. The, uh... the only reason I'll tell you why <laughs> I, I've rem- I've pitched him straight away is that he's been in, he was in the last season of Twin Peaks. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, the that's recognised him as someone I'd seen recently. And I think in my head, I connected it as if I'd seen him in Breaking Bad. But the truth is, I can't remember him in Breaking Bad. Yeah. But I remember him as the sheriff in Twin Peaks. Yeah. And uh, he was in Jackie Brown as well, the time yeah. the film. He was the main guy in that. The scene in the Hoover shop was probably the start. For me, one of my favourite moments in the sort of film. Just that whole I agree. sequence. I, I loved that part. Just in terms of the, the film as a whole, I don't think I'm as hot on it as you are. But I, I, I liked it. I still definitely liked it. Yeah. My big issue with it is is that this is being sold as like, you'll finally find out what happens to Jesse after Breaking Bad. And I feel like once I watched it, I was like, I kind of assumed that kind of happened anyway. It doesn't really no, tell me anything that I didn't know. Like, Yeah, not only did you assume, but like, sort of tells you pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you have, a, you have a scene with Mike. No, I can't remember what happens with Mike. Oh, I, without spoiling it, I can't even remember what his fight, fate was in the, in the show. But they show him in that. Yeah. And it's not a flashback. No, it, it's, it, it is. Is a it a flashback? Yeah, it's a flashback, yeah. To is when, it? Okay. To when him and Jesse were working together. And that's where he gets the idea to, to do what he does at the end kind of thing. He's telling him to... Okay, I, I put in my head that... See, I'd forgot. Yeah. Sp- spoiler. <laughs> Can we mention something earlier? Or... Uh, I think I'm okay with it. Like, I think Mike's dead. <laughs> Mike gets killed by Walt when he starts getting... Yeah, really but he's control, it's in this trailer bit at the start. Yeah, he, he shoots he... him in the car. Yeah, but you don't see him getting shot. And I forgot whether he got shot or not. Well, he's in the car and he shoots him through the window. Yeah. And it does hit him, but... Walt regrets immediately what he's done and Mike gets out of the car and just sits by the water. Oh, God, yeah, I remember and, uh, that. And Walt yeah. starts talking to him saying, look, I'm sorry, Mike, I just had to do it. He's like, Walt, just let me die in peace. <laughs> he just falls over there. But why didn't he show me that on the trailer? Because yeah. I remembered. Is Mikey's bald brother-in-law? No, no that's, Hank. that's Hank. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike's the... So, is he Sol? He, he was the heavy for... Sol. Yeah. Is that what he's called? The bad guy? Got- yeah. The oh, chicken, it's the head, sorry, it's the heavy guy, through the chicken fella, yeah. the polo chicken guy. Gus. Gus. Gus Ring, that's Gus. it. Yeah, um, I was getting mixed up with Sol, who didn't make an appearance, but I'm quite glad he didn't. It, yeah, I thought that. I thought he'd be in it at some point. I'm, but... quite, I'm quite glad he didn't, though, because he's got his own spin-off. And it's yeah, like, yeah. I don't need that character. I love that character in the first um, Breaking Bad run, yeah. and I liked the first season of Sol, Better Call Sol. Didn't watch any of the others. I don't know, I don't know what series one. I, that character doesn't need any more exposure for me. Like, I just, I loved it, but... yeah it wouldn't have been right in that film because it was just the tone was breaking bad do you know what I mean the whole tone of it was yeah just, definitely just yeah. the show it felt just like a continuation yeah. kind of thing which makes me think like well what other stuff has Vince Gilligan done recently 
I mean, I don't think he's done much really since Breaking Bad. He yeah. did the X Files before that, but a few episodes of the X Files. Yeah. But like, I, I don't know what he's been doing recently, but like, I'm re- really interested in whatever he's going to do next. I yeah. understand that like, I should have said this six years ago when Breaking Bad finished, but yeah, that 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 show, that film, made me remember how much I loved Breaking Bad. It's can made I, me want to rewatch it all. Can I just go into one scene as well that I really loved. This is like like Vince Gilligan is a great writer director kind of thing. There's one scene where Jesse comes across two cops. I knew you were going to say this because this is one of the other best scenes in the film. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? And I'm so just going to spoil something in here. <laughs> there's a realization of a point where you realize, well, Jesse realizes that they're not cops. And again, I mentioned before with the Avengers, it's a case of the show being smarter than the audience. Yeah. Like you realize, of course, of course they're of not course. cops. Like, yeah. but it's that, that bit like Gilligan just times it perfectly where. The character in the show realizes it before you do. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, yeah. of course, you know, it's been conned big time. Like, yeah. uh, it's really good, really yeah. good writing. Um, and even had like, even you know, like the cliche bits where he's he's given up looking for the money. He's like, he's give, oh, we should probably put a spoiler on this one. Sure. <laughs> but we're not going to ruin the whole thing, but he's given up looking for the money in this place. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the final thing, he just slams it against the fridge. And he's like, fucking hell. And then he just hears something creak and all the money's in the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> like, hidden behind the panel. Yeah. Like, <laughs> we'll call this minor spoilers for El Camino. Yeah, yeah. We're not spoiling anything too bad. Just one, one more thing going back to... Uh, this is why I got confused with the name before. The actor playing Todd is Jesse Plemons. That's why I got the Jesse mixed up. But uh, I read an interview yesterday with Gilligan saying that he wanted Jesse Plemons back because uh, there wasn't enough Todd in the original show. He only came in the series five and there just wasn't enough of him. And I'm just reading it thinking... Is it that there wasn't enough Todd or more that Jesse Plemons is quite famous now? So yeah, you yeah, just yeah, want yeah. him back for your TV show kind yeah. of thing. Like, the, thing yeah. the thing is though, like that Todd character was is great. Like oh, it's, it, it's really fascinating character. He's like a weird kind of simple sociopath, like yeah. you know, like a he, bit almost. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was going to mention some of them, were, but I'm not going to mention it. But um, these <laughs> with Todd, it's like he's almost like he's a bit mentally stunted. That's what I mean, like a bit simple kind of thing. Yeah. And almost a nice guy, but... Only almost. But then it's like a murderous kind of... Yeah, like there's the scene in Breaking Bad. This is a spoiler for Breaking Bad. He shoots somebody, but you shouldn't really be shooting the person you shoot. It's not like a criminal, right? Yeah. It's quite a bad person to be shooting. Um, When he does that in the show, you're just like, oh my God. Like, And when in the (coughs) film, you're seeing more of the behind the scenes of what makes him sort of tick. So he's got all these like snow globes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Full of like just like with like him in it by the look of it. Like, yeah, like, like model of him. Like, yeah, and it's almost like he's just like completely like lost it. Yeah. There's a scene where they throw. It's him like up. a like a kind of kid that's just been kind of like phased up to an adult. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Ten year old lad who's just like in an adult's body. But he's, he grew up with his uncle, hasn't he? Or yeah. maybe not grew up with him, but he, his uncle's been an influence on how he's grown up, and it's it's a. I am just keeping thinking not, about not a good influence no like you know the scene where they um, chuck a rug out of the second yeah, floor and yeah. stuff it's just just really really good stuff yeah when great. the lorry drives past whilst he's driving and they've got I can't remember I think Jesse's like in the car but the lorry goes past and he's just there like going like doing yeah. this <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's just he's just trying to get the lorry guy to, to do his horn and stuff yeah. but this guy's like he's like a serial killer this fella yeah it's just, it's just really good he does play it well he plays it really really well yeah yeah um, one last thing I want to say about it was, you know, you're saying about it being quite smartly written. Um, when you think, oh God, if there are people after Jesse, they're going to know what, what, where the car is and stuff like that. They, I can't remember his two, you've got Badger. Skinny Pete and Badger. Skinny Pete. Yeah. 
So Skinny Pete's idea is to swap all the keys around. Yeah. I'm like, that's genius. You're really that. smart, aren't you? Like, it's like, swap all the keys around. So they're going to be looking for your car, but you're going to be over there, but you're actually going to take my car. But when they ask me, I've swapped it with you, and my car's like, gone. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like, it's almost like the most simple foolproof way to just fool Get anyone. Get that line. Yeah, because yeah. you say, oh, well, we swap cars. And then it's like, well, where's your car? Like, I don't know. And it's people that you would have expected to come up with a clever plan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Line, yeah. It's, it's too, too bumbling sort of idiot, too dead endearing. Like yeah. when you sort of see them and, and they're in the house and stuff, like really, really endearing. That, um, that's just one little issue I've got as well. Like it can almost feel like they're just retreading all the characters from Breaking Bad. I know, yeah. but they didn't yeah. do Saul though. But you know, like you're meeting this person, you're meeting that person. But it feels genuine, like it doesn't yeah, feel yeah, like yeah. it's just a kind of we've got to shoehorn these people into something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I was satisfied with the whole thing um, when yeah. it ended. I was like, oh, I, I wasn't expecting it to just end. Uh, it, it doesn't just end, but I could have watched another hour of that. Yeah, so. I mean, they've left it open. It could like carry on, couldn't it? Kind of yeah, thing, I suppose, you know, the yeah. further adventures of Jesse, kind of thing. Yeah, no, yeah. I, um, I would. I recommend. I recommend Breaking Bad and that. I'd probably give it probably give it four or four and a half. I prefer the series to that film. Yeah. But that film sort of reignited Breaking Bad in my head as being really amazing. I've got to admit, talking about it today has like got me back on like I'm thinking I'm gonna just watch Breaking Bad again. <laughs> yeah. You remember yeah. all the bits in Breaking Bad where like that Teddy falls from the sky yeah, yeah. into the pool. And you wonder, you're like, how the fuck does that happen? That's what Gilligan does. He writes things in a way where it shows the end point straight off and yeah, the enjoyment is watching how you get there, kind of thing like that. There's like <clears throat> it really is too many spoilers if I start going into it, but there's so many like scenes I remember from Breaking Bad where it's like a shot, and it's like for example that teddy bear, the teddy bear like, like, with in the, the pool eye, and yeah. stuff, and then there's the moment with Gus, and there's, um, a, there's a shot which, of, of, of flashbacks in this, but the gun in the trunk. Yeah, yeah. Shows you that at the yeah. start of the series, yeah. and you're like, how do you get to that point? Kind yeah, of yeah, point? yeah. It's all yeah, I totally get yeah. what you mean though. Where it's like show show the sort of the end and start and then show you how you get there it's like of. memento almost yeah yeah, yeah. Like, like Walter White with loads of like tattoos on him trying to say oh save Jesse all that shit yeah <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah really good um, I'm, I'm, that's all I've got to say about it but have you got Two further points only really quick complainers but uh, I've, I'm, I'm repeating myself again tonight I'm sure I've mentioned this before but I hate when people they've been they've been starved on a TV show for years you know, like for ages like oh God, I'm starving they've been kept in a cage or whatever they finally get some food and they're like, oh, no, 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 eating like animals, you know what I mean? Like, oh, just eat, throw the food down. No one eats like that, you know what I mean? Like, I don't care how hungry you are, you would still eat, you would just throw the food at your face. Like, oh, no. Well, it's, if, if you go back to Dragon Ball Z, like that's how the, the Saiyans eat on Dragon Ball Z because they use all their energy up, so you have to eat a lot of rice very quickly. Oh, all right, well, there's a uh, scene in this where Jesse's uh, just throwing food. Who's Jesse saying? <laughs> <laughs> It's great that because I've been quiet for so long, <laughs> and it seems like every time I start talking now, <coughs> when you type that to Dragon Ball Z, I jump straight in over it. So, uh, uh, it was actually Walt White who was the Super Saiyan. Um, <laughs> that's what he lost his hair about. Uh, I think my question still stands as valid, then, doesn't it? Because Jesse isn't one, so I'm still okay. <laughs> Jesse's more of uh, a Kai. I have, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, just going on from that, Jesse eating like an animal, there's a scene where uh, Todd makes soup and it looks like the most disgusting soup I've ever seen in my life. He adds tap water to it for something which just baffled me. <laughs> and it just, just shows him eating this bean and bacon soup and it looks vile. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's one of your complaints. That's my big takeaway from right, the film. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember as well, like this, this is the last thing I've got to say about it, but when I was watching it, it showed all the, st- the stuff at the start um, and it also showed it's it's almost like 
It's crossing over timelines in it with the end of Breaking Bad. Yeah. I remember the end of Breaking Bad, not the not like the ending, but the sort of final season of like Jesse just being fucking grim. Like one of those sort of grimmest sort of arcs going. Like Yeah. And it just rem- I remembered all that. It's it's I mean, like it is grim in it. Like, yeah, yeah, but like like the, what I'm trying to say is like I tapped right back into that feeling yeah, that I, I did, felt yeah. when I was watching Jesse back in the day where I'm not gonna spoil it, but something happens where they pull up at a house. Yeah. That moment. I remember being absolutely like shocked by that and watching that or feeling that happen again brought me back to that place I was back in 2013 yeah when I was a a spry 24 year old watching (laughs) it for the first time and it was like that feeling was exactly the same it was almost like a weird nostalgia feeling of or like a maybe I've time traveled maybe my body has time traveled back by watching this TV show and I felt that moment again you're back Back in your twenty-four-year-old body for a second. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's but that's yeah. genuine. Like that was, it was mad. Like, it was yeah. really mad, mad stuff. Oh, so just one final point as well. I just mentioned earlier about the whole thing of Gilligan shows the end point and then like makes you enjoy how you get there. He does it in this film as well. He shows you him turning up at. Je- uh, uh, you don't spoil it. Oh no, I, I keep saying Jesse, but he turns up at Todd's flat, taking the police tape off. Then it's a flashback to to what. Todd's flat is all about kind of thing and it's that thing again of showing you the end point first and then showing you why that's important kind of thing but it all feels organic yeah yeah definitely like, yeah. it doesn't feel like <clears throat> doesn't feel like you know you see a lot of stuff where it's like oh well we're going to play the middle of the film first yeah do the run up and then in the middle of the film oh look we're here now yeah. it's not like that like a con almost yeah it's almost like he does it in a, in a way where you're dying to see how you yeah, get, yeah, how you get to that point. Kind but of it's thing. it's just completely natural the yeah, way it yeah. just works. You don't feel like you're being conned or anything yeah. when you're watching it. Yeah. I think I think he's I think he's he's, he's it's a genius show. Like he should do more Gilligan. I don't know why he hasn't done more. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Um, I'll probably give it. If I'm going to rate it, probably four and a half for the show. Probably five for the actual. Sorry, four and a half for the film. Five for the for the series. It has his ups and downs, but it's mainly ups. Yeah. Yeah. After talking about it, I've, my, my rating is going up, but I'm going to stick with my letterbox rating. I gave it a three when I watched it yesterday, just purely because it felt like it wasn't totally necessary kind of thing. You know what I mean? But still, it's still really enjoyable. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> if you've got Netflix, there's no reason not to watch that. I'm breaking Abs- bad. Absolutely not. It literally, yeah. like, if you just <clears throat> subscribe to Netflix, like, we have a subscription. You just log on on the Friday. It was like, oh, look, the new Breaking Bad films just come out. It's like, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, really good, really good. Yep. Um, should we move on to Joker now? This is our yeah. sort of final segment for the, the evening or morning, or however, what time you're listening, or what country you're listening in. All, all are welcome. Um, what uh, country you're listening to? What does that change? What well, depending on what. <laughs> no, but like, whilst I'm saying this here, it's like morning in Japan right now. Right, but that doesn't mean Japan's hearing it. Now, <laughs> okay, we're not live. Maybe when Joe's got all his Fiverr money, we can, uh, <laughs> Joe underscore tech uh, Fiverr.com if you for all your podcasting needs. If you need some edits, doing if you have a luxury package, you get 10 edits. I'll sign and, up. And, <laughs> yeah, um, I'll also do a 60 nearly a minute 60 second trailer of your best bits. It's called like an audiogram. You can upload that places and uh, people will like like your stuff. Uh, help me help you be better at what you do. By giving you money. Help me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help you be the best you that you can be in podcast format. Maybe you can have a shit podcast. Maybe I, if I polished it for you, it'd be it get it'd get tens of listens. 
we've talked about The Simpsons a lot recently in work, and all I'm thinking of now is the auto-dialer thing in The Simpsons, <laughs> where they're, send one dollar to Happy Dude <laughs> at Evergreen Terrace. <laughs> yeah, send five dollars to JonesGoTech uh, on Fiverr.com. <laughs> That's not the last plug I'm going to make. Uh, Joker next. Yep, yep. I've not seen Joker. Uh, this isn't going to be a spoiler one. We're going to talk. We're, we're going to talk around stories. Definitely no one. spoilers because yeah. you've got we'll to, leave you've got the to watch story this. alone. Yeah. yeah. Couple. Of, the only things I'm going to say that I'm, I'm going to sit back for this uh, conversation. Um, but this has entered the top ten IMDb films. I don't know if it's still there, but it entered the initially. Yeah. Uh, with the original with with the Dark Knight. Heath Ledger's Joker. Now, uh, I've clearly I've not seen it yet, but The Dying Knight is my one of my favorite films ever. Probably my favorite comic book film. If you go back and listen to our old comic show we did, I'm yeah. pretty sure I put that at number one. Uh, but I'm hearing things about this Joker film that it's almost rivaling that that Heath, Heath Ledger Joker. Even though the Joker is such an iconic character played by so many good actors, this is one of the best iterations of it. That's, that's all I'm adding. That's a good jumping off point. Can I just give my two pence, pence worth? Is that the saying? Two pennies worth? Straight away on that. I think, I mean, you know how much I love The Dark Knight and Heath Ledger's performance. I think Joaquin Phoenix is better than Heath Ledger. Like, I that's think, baffling to me. Like, yeah, I haven't seen it yet. I haven't seen it. But yeah. all the stuff, you know, where he's like, you want to see a magic trick? And then he just slams his head down on the pencil yeah. and stuff. It's, well, I'm inclined to agree. And this, at least, is a problem, really, where every version of the Joker is its own sort of very precise individual Joker. Like with Batman, they all play Batman roughly the same. There's little yeah. quirks and everyone puts their own spin on it, but it's roughly... <laughs> I'd say Adam West and Christian Bale are slightly different versions, <laughs> wouldn't you? But you're sitting back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, that's a fair point. That's See, fair I on. just wanted to say, I didn't okay. see any shaft in, spray. In the, well, you weren't looking hard enough. <laughs> In the films, Batman is roughly the same sort of character. Obviously not exactly the same, and there are some extremes, but roughly the same character. Every sort of incarnation of the Joker has been a very individual incarnation. Can I just pick you up on that as well? Like Just from this one and the last one, like this one to Jared Leto's Joker... You could not. Oh, for that you one, could that. not get further apart, could you? Like it's just ridiculous. Like I said, I'm sitting back, but <laughs> just to throw a just throw a comment in. Um, apparently, Jared Leto was quite upset about not having yeah. like not this not being approached. Yeah, like so, like he he's more or less been canned, Danny, from the Joker position. Yeah, like, I mean, a wise decision, I think. Definitely, for movie fans everywhere. I I really like Jared Leto. I do not like the Joker from Suicide Squad. No, I agree. I like Harley Quinn. I mean, that's a good version. I know they're replacing Will Smith in the next Suicide Squad with someone else. I don't know who it was. Um, I think they're rebooting it. Anyway, I'm uh, going to dive back out because this is about uh, yeah, no, it's <laughs> Sorry, but yeah, I think it is a reboot, but they're keeping Harley Quinn. And, and Bo- Captain Boomerang. Uh, oh, and Joel Kinnaman. He's back as well. So I think Actually, Captain Boomerang was ace. He's probably my favourite part about the Suicide Squad film because he's such a... Ch- I was going to say shit, but I can't say shit, can I? I was just going to self-censor myself for no reason. But like, he's such a shit supervillain. That he's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's like he's one of those. Like the fact that because we saw the original comic book incarnation of him when he's a Flash villain, he's very um, he's very done up. He's sort of very almost Dick Dastardly esque. Well, yeah, like a camp villain. Kind yeah, of thing, with like, like a big scarf that's always billowing. 
And, you know, he's got a boomerang, so he's good against the Flash for some reason. <laughs> but, like, I kind of really like the gritty version of him, yeah. where he's just quite a hard dude who has boomerangs. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an absolute shit, any kind of thing, like, yeah. in the film. <laughs> but, like, I think with the Suicide... It's now called The Suicide Squad. And I hate this thing of putting the in front of the title. It's a... I think it might be a sequel, but they're just acting as if, like... Is it Death... Death... Deathstroke. Deadshot. 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 They acted as if Deadshot just uh, isn't in this one kind of thing, I think, anyway. But either that or they just couldn't afford Will Smith again. <laughs> so, Joker. Yep. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? It is, like, really good. It's right up there. It's one of the best yeah. of the year for me already kind of thing. I mean, your shirt's edging on Joker over there, don't I was thinking that, you know, <laughs> it's very Jokerish, isn't it? The bit of, a, bit of a purple shirt and tie combo going on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm going to... Yeah, this might be the best film we saw this year. Um, I'm trying to think what other films we saw this year. It's right up there for me with like uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood I think, and yeah. Midsummer. I think they're the other two that are right up there. It's tough for me. I, this, I, I can't decide whether I prefer this or Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Um, have you saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? No. They're both very different films. So it's a bit, again, like talking about it's hard to sort of point them against each other and like compare them. But just for me... We won't really go into any of the storyline because that's where the spoilers lie. Um, but for me, my enjoyment for the film, obviously you probably would have heard of people talking about how good Joaquin Phoenix's performance is in this show. <laughs> and, you know, rightly so, he's incredible in it. But it's his performance and the way the film's shot and the way the music production's done in the film that make it such a terrific film for me. Yeah. Mainly it, about that. Wasn't it originally a Scorsese film? Well, I right? think... I believe it was all he was producing it originally, but there was a slight little hint of like he might actually direct this. But I, I believe <clears throat> it was only ever a production thing. But he, I don't think he's actually ended up producing it. He actually backed out, of, I believe, from yeah. producing it. But which is weird because the film is basically an amalgamation of King, very heavy King of Comedy, and a bit of Taxi Driver in there. To the point of before I watched it, <clears throat> excuse me, I was worried that. I would kind of know where the film was going because it was so heavily influenced by King of Comedy. And there are literally two or three scenes of the film that are like for like with King of Comedy. They've literally ripped off the idea, but they've done it in a way which... It's like the plot of King of Comedy almost suits the Joker more than Rupert Pupkin from King of Comedy, if that makes any sense. Yeah. It's like a Joker film written for a different person kind of thing. So it feels natural. like It applies to the Joker perfectly, but it doesn't follow the entire plot of King of Comedy goes off on its own thing towards the end, which just works perfectly. Like, it's it's so good. Me and Steve mentioned about how it rides the line of being like a, a rip-off or homage kind of thing. Like, yeah. it rides that line perfectly where it doesn't feel blatant, doesn't feel overly uh, an homage kind of thing where they're just like, you know, bowing at Scorsese's feet kind of thing. It just rides that line perfectly of being its own thing. What I just mentioned with like for me part the main two reasons I really like it is the music and how it's shot, um, the the soundtrack or sort of the ambient soundtrack is intentionally discordant. You know, it's the Joker, and yeah. you know he's not the most stable of character, and never you know he should never be presented presented as such. But it really sets in some key moments. It just the music alone. There could be nothing happening in the shot, but the music is properly putting you on edge. It's properly amping up and it really adds to sort of Joaquin's acting um, and I feel like in some circumstances his acting wouldn't have the impact that it does have if it wasn't for the, the notes yeah, and the background noise 
I'm not saying it's this influential, but it's a bit similar to in Jaws. Like, they say if you watch Jaws without the soundtrack, it just doesn't work kind of thing. Whereas you put that John Williams... Make, makes it like a different film entirely. And I feel like this is the same kind of thing, you know. Oh, absolutely. Without definitely. the soundtrack, it wouldn't be as impactful kind of thing as it is. Worth mentioning as well, it's like Hilda Goodnadsen or something, I think she's called. A Scandinavian composer who did the soundtrack for Chernobyl as well earlier this year. Sorry, I'm diving back oh. in <laughs> That soundtrack for Chernobyl, like, um, I've listened to the full thing so many times. It's yeah. it's it's a work of art, that. Like so Steve if, said, if, like, just discordant. It just makes you feel unsettled. Just yeah, to it kind of thing, some like. of that work is so unsettling on Chernobyl. And from what you're saying about this being, like, a very discordant soundtrack, this is right up my street. Yeah, I mean, um, if you like Chernobyl, I mean, this is one of them things where people at work have got, like, the latest, like, rock music blasting in the headphones. Like, I'm sat there with the Joker <laughs> soundtrack on. Yeah. Like, yes, here, yeah, here I've, we go. I've done that in work before where, like, <laughs> Um, we'll have like banging music on so it's just like doof, doof, doof. but then I'll put music on it'll just be this discordant like door opening in yeah. Chernobyl where it's just like or like a you... walk being banged or something <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah if you like Chernobyl you'll love this uh, but it, there's actually a couple of good themes in there as well like the, like the main Joker theme is just again like airy yeah. and like unsettling kind of thing but yeah and uh, worth mentioning as well it's directed by Todd Phillips whose previous work is the Hangover Trilogy. <laughs> Old school. <laughs> yeah, like a just a great comedy director. And it, I suppose it's a joker in it. You know, he's kind of turned it to a... Because it, it is funny in places as well, which is just weird. Like, well, it, I, I kind of like the weird, odd moments of slapstick. Yeah. Because <clears throat> normally you would expect it to detract from the film and you would expect it to sort of break the flow um, and it'll be like, oh, well, that seems odd and out of place in what is quite a serious film. But in some, it just works beautifully. And I think it's the way the rest of the world reacts. Um, like, there's a moment that we both enjoy that's a good slats moment. I don't know whether, should we talk about it? Or? I think we can mention I that. I don't think yeah. it's really a spoiler. It's, yeah. it's nothing big. Um, do you want to... Uh, the hospital. Yes, that's what I was thinking. Uh, with the door. Yeah. 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 There's just one, one part where, like, the Joker's been involved in, like, a really serious scene kind of thing, and he's just, he's really, he's fuming. And he turns to walk away and just walks into a glass door because he thought the door was open. <laughs> but what, what makes it so good is... <laughs> There, he starts because he's outside smoking outside, uh, and some detectives come to talk to some. Uh, like they're not even. He's not even like he's a suspect. They just want to talk to him. Yeah. Um, and he's like storming away from them, and it's just their reactions from walking into the door, and they're like, "No, that's an exit." Yeah. And it's just it's just beautifully delivered, and it just yeah. Walks like, into this door and is like it's ex only jackass, <laughs> and it, but like. It captures that moment of like awkwardness. Like if you ever do something like that, instead of walking around to the entrance, he stays there and waits for someone to leave so he can go in through. You know, like a kind of like a stubborn kind of. I'm yeah. not. I'm not going through the entrance. I'm waiting here until this door opens. I'm going to go in this way. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's just a, just a great little scene. But uh, in terms of just it being funny and stuff, uh, there's a lot of like stand-up comedy again. No spoilers, but like stand-up comedy which. It's painful, but like, it, it, I, I can't, I don't want to mention anything because it's just a, you know, it's well, best I think to watch it fresh. There's, but. there's a joke in there that I love, and I'm sure you on record as saying it's one of your favourite jokes as well, where it's. Oh, uh, yeah, the Bob Monkhouse joke. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there's, you, a, there's a Bob Monkhouse joke in Joker. I don't know if they know it's a Bob Monkhouse joke, but yeah. it, uh, this is the one you're thinking of where it's uh, when I told my family growing up that I'd be a comedian, they all laughed. 
They're not laughing now. <laughs> but, it's, yeah, that's a, yeah. but it's a fantastic joke. But the, um, thing, the, the genius with that is that he tells that joke in a club and then later on someone twists it to say like, yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not, uh, not wrong, pal. No one's laughing now. And he's like, no, that's the fucking joke. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> so again, it just leads him to being like even more angry kind of thing. <laughs> like just in terms of like just pure as a moment of cinematography, the way it's put together and framed is so nice for no reason at all. They've gone for, I think I didn't realise, I thought it was just a, its own logo, but they went for the original uh, thingy, the yeah, tiny, Warner Brothers the logo, Warner Brothers yeah. So it's the original Warner Brothers logo from like the 80s. I believe it's from like 1971 to 1984, they had that logo or something. So, they went, so that, and then they have a very sort of, like almost mustard yellow Joker at the start that comes oh, up as yeah. the title and then at the end it comes up as the end in sort of like the same sort of nice flowing yellow script and it's like a touch that you just don't see in films anymore yeah. and it sort of like weirdly dates the film because a lot of it is like okay so it's set in Gotham but it's clearly 80s New York Yeah, but like doesn't really date it that much apart from like those odd little touches that yeah, you'd like, miss if you weren't looking or really paying attention like a little to it. Uh, filmmaking flourish kind of thing like, yeah uh, 100% and I think that sort <clears> of <throat> sort of implies how it's sort of put together because it's just full of little flourishes and it's like sort of like in a weird way it's not like it's showing off it's like just a bunch of really competent people have got together to make a film and they've gone yeah we've done a really good job here yeah. so it's just like professionals at work doing it really really well and just on the comedy thing as well, the, the film, again, rides this line of, like, you don't know whether something's meant to be funny or not kind of thing. And it's even it's, it's even a, basically a plot point, again, not really a spoiler, but the Joker mentions at one point, a thing that he finds really funny that everyone does, everyone else doesn't. It's like, it is funny, and I'm tired of pretending it's not. <laughs> and, like, uh, in terms of... Oh, I've lost my point. I was, I've, put, I've took myself off my... Were you, you going to hit with the comedy subjective? Oh, he mentions the whole thing of comedy subjective... But I think, it, I think it is meant to be funny because, again, not a spoiler, but he goes to a theatre at one point and watches a performance of uh, Charlie Chaplin, Modern Times. It's like, it, it's slapstick. That, it, like, that is telling you that like, it is meant to be funny, like what some of the stuff he's doing kind of thing. It is, a, it is like a slapstick Charlie Chaplin kind of thing. That, but yeah, I, I absolutely love it. One of my <laughs> favourite moments in the film, and it isn't really like a plot point, um, is I'm sure you're aware of the quite famous scene where he's dancing on some steps. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that is shot incredibly well because you just see him dancing in his own little world and then as he's nearing the bottom of the steps, um, I don't know the name of steps, it's clearly quite a famous... I sort think of it is, yeah. I'm sure it's been in films before because yeah. I recognise the framing of the shot. But as you get sound, it's sort of like a locked-off camera at the bottom of the steps. Uh, it must be like on the curbside, maybe like across the road, just looking at him. And he's getting down the and it just ever so slightly pans up, and you see like people at the top just thinking, "What the? Yeah. <laughs> what is going on?" So <laughs> he's doing full clown makeup kind yeah. of thing. But like. it's like it's like it's just um, it's just a really subtle like he's in a world of his own, and it's just this little tiny little tilt, and it's sort of like just suddenly snaps back, goes like, "Yeah, he's not." in his own little special world. He's yeah. just in the middle of the city being a bit weird. And it, yeah, he looks crazy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I'd seen that, that, that um, staircase on a meme and I was like, oh, some uh, guys only want one thing. And it was just a picture of those stairs. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth mentioning there as well, a bit controversial, but there's been a big hoo-ha about uh, the song that he dances to during that scene is a Gary Glitter song. Uh, and 
people have been like, I'm not watching the film, I'm not I'm not going to fund Gary Glitter kind of thing. Yeah, no, really. Yeah, it's been confirmed. He's not getting any money from the film now. Like, uh, <clears throat> What song is he dancing to? It's Rock and Roll Part 2. I mean, they've got a bit, it's a bit of a banging tune, I think, when he's, <laughs> <laughs> when he's dancing his way down. It's the, uh, the, the arc kind of phasing it out now, but in America they use it for sports games and stuff. It's the, uh, I know it's the Doctor Who song, like, it's the Doctor Who, yay, Doctor Who. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> did, that, did that at all help? The... I'm, a, I'm, I'm a millennial, John. I don't know who, I don't know who Gary Glitter is. We're all millennials here. <laughs> Apart, uh, I no, mm, I don't care. It depends on the definition of when it starts, doesn't I'm, it? 1991. I'm Generation X. <laughs> <laughs> You're the least Generation X person I've ever known in my life. No, John's a boomer. We've covered this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Me and Steve's... Well, sorry, I'm a boomer. You two are boomers, so... <laughs> I have no, no idea you're, what you're, 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 you're a Kuma, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, any final thoughts that you want to go through on Joker? It's a bit, like I said, it's a bit... Other than saying, oh, it's acted really well, it's shot really well, and the music's cool. I can't really go into it, because... Yeah, unlike El Camino, spoiler, it, sounds, yeah. it sounds like, from what you guys have said, that this film is sort of pieced together perfectly with this weird discord and atmosphere, script by the sounds of it, story, character, everything's just a bit broken, but in like a sort of beautiful way. Well, I think yeah, a, lot yeah. of the, a lot of the surrounding cast in it are terrific. Um, a lot of the characters that they play are really good and add a lot to it. But such a large part of the film is literally just working Phoenix. Like, I feel like, I genuinely feel like if it wasn't him, the film would suffer like an well, incredible That's one. worth mentioning. I genuinely, I mean, I'm sure there must be, but I cannot think of one scene in the film that he's not in. I think he's in like every scene of the film. Like. But like for me, what it sounds like from what you are saying and from the trailers and all these reviews, which are saying it's amazing, I kind of just want to spend how, how long's the film? Two hours dead on. I I kind of want to just spend two hours watching Joaquin Felix being the Joker. Um, that's all I really. I mean, want. essentially, that is the film. That's, yeah, but, yeah. But that sounds that sounds right up my street. It sounds like DC have finally had a film made recently that isn't shite. I feel like they found their niche. This is the way to forward for them. Do these standalone things. Don't yeah. try and don't try and do this connected universe. I can't see this happening again though. Like it's, it's I know. who else can you do? You what, can't yeah. do this type of like cool story with like Catwoman. We were joking, Mister Freeze. Like imagine that. <laughs> I I will one hundred percent back the idea of gritty Mister Freeze. <laughs> like I'm all for gritty films, and I love the idea of doing a gritty take. For example, um, the Wolf Am- the Wolf Among Us, the the game. Yep. If you, I don't know if you played that. I it's, really like it. Also, I read quite a lot of the fables. Fables, yeah. I've got, I've got the, uh, I've got a, an edition of the first one of them. Um, that's like a gritty version of like of um, fairy story, fairy, fairy yeah. tales. Yeah. Fairy tales. But I think that the game starts with like Red Riding Hood, Red Riding Hood head, Red, oh, 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 Red Riding Hood's head rolling across the floor. I think is how that game sort of starts. Yeah. Um, but like the idea of a gritty version of a character that you shouldn't you wouldn't normally see in a gritty sort of setting so the batman's got that many characters you could pull one out and do a gritty version yeah it just has to be the right character for example some of them it's never going to work like catwoman it's not going to work because you, you're going to have to at some point have a like drinking milk out of a bottle a bottle or like a, a dish <laughs> <That's awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh shit she's drinking milk out of a bottle just realized who would be the best gritty villain Solomon Grundy. Oh, uh, see, that could work. Weird Frankenstein zombie monster that do, can't actually die. What's his name? Is it like Clayface or something? Well, Clayface as well, but Solomon yeah, yeah. Grundy, he's got the whole rhyme, Solomon Grundy, born on a Monday. You imagine how creepy that would be if he just had that yeah. rhyme. If he kept saying that rhyme as he was going about being a yeah. nerd, well. 
But does he have like an, an, an alter ego? Like his name's like something else? No, I'm pretty sure he's just some. No, he's just, just some big weird yeah. zombie Frankenstein monster. I don't know why. I thought he had like a, you know like Clayface or something like that. Like the but. Well, yeah, because Clayface is like an interesting bad guy as well. Really, yeah. it'd be harder to do like a more realistic version of him. But like if Solomon Grundy is like maybe not like a weird voodoo zombie man, but he's just a bit of like a big. Madman, say like a, a, a big guy who could pass as human, yeah, and have a gritty story about him figuring out who he is, and then you have I'm figuring it out, I'm think fingering it, I'm thinking of it now. <laughs> it's where they have like imagine having like a, a young like like a girl like a child girl voice singing that Solomon Grundy song. Yeah, that, that's that's, like that's but that's the trailer in it. If you imagine, yeah. it's just there's no music. It's just yeah. her saying like Solomon Some, somebody like, looking scared. That and then just a big silhouette, like an impossibly big silhouette. Yeah. yeah. And then it's called Solomon. Yeah, Solomon. There you go. Or, or, like, or Grundy. Uh, <laughs> or like Killer Croc. And I was like, literally just about to say Killer Croc because Killer away Croc's with backstory that. is amazing. Yeah. Like his whole backstory, he's like, he was born, he had a skin condition, and he was punished by his parents for it and kept basically in a cage and fed like raw meat. Yeah. And they've just, just gone a bit weird from there. But imagine if he's not this big half man, half crocodile, but he is just like, maybe he gets big and strong, but he is just an emotionally stunted man with a skin condition <laughs> with really bad psoriasis. <laughs> he's just um, he's just on the bounce because he's had to be that way to survive in the swamps down in, I don't know, Louisiana. Something like that's that. The, the bayou in it or something. The, yeah. the bayou, yeah. He's uh, a bio boy. But that's another one that, like, Suicide Squad, they absolutely killed that character. They gave him, like, a purple tracksuit and stuff with that. Killer Croc, and it's like, no, that's not the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Croc, but it was a bit disappointing in Suicide Squad where it was, they used Killer Croc instead of uh, King Shark. Yeah, that's right, yeah. King Shark's cool. He's called yeah, King yeah. Shark. Yeah. Um, well, th- this is more a question for John, but it's also for you, Steve. John, when we did that old comic book show, yeah. if you had to rank this Joker film... Anywhere in your comic book top films, where does it fall in? Well, we, we were a bit guilty about that. Just, is this recency <clears throat> bias as well? Because Logan what? ended up second or so on our oh, first, first on us, our yeah. on our joint list. I was just going to address that. Yeah, sorry. Like you mentioned at the time, you called us out because at the time I think we were all like, "Oh, Wonder Woman's great as well." Wonder Woman five stars, and you were like, "Oh." Just recency, recency bias. bias. Yeah. We were like, no, no, it's great. And it's like, no, no, it's recency bias. <laughs> <laughs> so Wonder, it's, Woman, Wonder Woman's okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but this this one sounds like a classic. Yeah. Like, but, not even just a classic comic book film. It sounds like it's going to go down as, like, a classic film. It's hard to, like, uh, hard to predict how it will be looked on in a year, year or two's time. But, like Steve's already mentioned, it, this is a character piece. It's not... It's just all about the acting, you know, I mean, the performance kind of thing. You could, you could almost 100% divorce this film from it being a comic book film. Exactly. It's basically not a comic book like, film, is it? <laughs> like, it being a comic book film is not relevant in it yeah. at all. Like, it could 100%. Like, this could be about a weird... It could just be about a weirdo that isn't necessarily Joker from the Batman universe. It could just be, like some other random weirdo yeah. it's not tied in it doesn't need to be tied in yeah. to like a comic book universe at all and I think that's why it's so <clears> strong <throat> and I think why it's such a good portrayal about the Joker is they maybe come at it from that angle and they said to Rocky Union just, like, just go for it mate just, yeah. just have fun with it and he be ass you know yeah I was, I was going to say like um for me, what this sounds like, you remember how um, when when we did this podcast of uh, top comic book films? Yeah. From what you two have both said, this is probably going to be 
right up there in my list. It well, sounds right up my street. You know what? I've learned a lesson from you after that comic book episode. I'm not even going to, at this point, try and rank it. Like It's not worth okay. it. Like it. I'm going to give it some time and yeah. come back to it. Fair enough. Fair but enough. it will be pretty high. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, spoiler, it's going to be five stars. Um, <clears throat> it might be my second favourite comic book film. Behind. Yeah. Oh, Hellboy. Like all oh, three Hellboys type for first place. Yeah, yeah. That's fair enough. Patrician oh, taste. Can I just give my final, final point on it as well? Uh, again, we spoke about this before the film. Like people were outraged in the media, which which it probably feels like it's a bit of studio buzz kind of thing to get that, to get the hype out there. But people were saying like, "This is a dangerous film." Incel <laughs> culture, exactly. Yeah. Lonely white incels will watch this and go out and copy it. And I was like, "What a load of rubbish!" Like, as if they're going to do that. But after watching the film, I was like, "Yeah, I can actually, I can actually see how, I can actually see how they will be influenced by this." <laughs> I don't want to get into it too much because it's going to devolve into just a whole bit of politics. But the problem is. Yeah, they are, but that's not the film's fault. Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's society's fault. Well, no, steady on now. <laughs> Johnny Incel. <laughs> but uh, it's Incel's fault for take for completely willfully misinterpreting a film. Yeah, and uh, I'm decrying it as being the rallying cry. That's what I've always thought. Like, you can't censor films just because some maniacs are going to take it the wrong way, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is, this isn't new though. It's gone on yeah, for decades. This, but burning, it's, you know, well, it's yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah exactly, thing. exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like th- today's buzzword is incels, and yeah. like five hundred years ago, it was all burn those books. They're gonna they're gonna corrupt our children. Seventy years ago. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. yeah. Then what did I say? Five hundred. <laughs> no, no. no. Well, I mean, like, like, I mean, it's not even seventy years ago. We're, like, we're talking like thirty, forty years ago. Um, I don't know if you. Again, I'm more of a nerd in some ways than you guys, but I'm into like pen and paper role playing. Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Sorry. Have you quite finished? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Steve looks fuming. Just like everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like D and D, Dungeons and Dragons. Everyone knows what D and D is. But um, that had a massive, a massive instance. Problem, yeah, it's Dunkin' Donuts, all right. Uh, that had a massive problem called the Satanic Panic, and it was like a bunch of very conservative Christian Americans um, sort of looked at this game that was about fighting monsters and demons and stuff like that, and said, well, yeah, that's witchcraft, isn't it? Straight. <laughs> yeah. So then that, that, that's a massive uh, boycott. But have anyone ever heard of a guy called Joe Track? No. Uh, he's just, he's like a, one of those sort of early evangelical Christians who had the big mega churches. He made lots of films about D and D. There's a Tom Hanks film about D and D being bad. Yeah, he, I actually know what the film is. Yeah, oh, that's, he gets stuck within the, his own little world and goes yeah, mad kind of thing. That's yeah. like based in a. That's actually based in a true story. Yeah, but they attribute the person dying to D and D. Well, it was just you know. Uh, aptly when we're talking about Joker about a mentally unwell person who did not get the help that they needed yep yep sorry one more thing on that I I went straight to book burning which probably (laughs) probably a bit of an overreaction but another one is uh, the video Nasters in the 80s here in the UK uh, the the conservative government decided that some films were too uh, too influential and scary for some people so they just banned them outright like Evil Dead Texas Chainsaw Massacre you couldn't watch them in the UK and like I'd hate to go back to that kind of attitude where. Oh, the thing is, it's, ne- it's never, it's never gone away though, has it? It's, it's always been around. Like, um, again, seventies or eighties, Led Zeppelin got taken to court for if you reverse the lyrics in one of the songs, it sounds like worship Satan. Yeah, it's like, yeah. You, 
Really? Like, like you can reverse anything and it sounds like worship Satan. Yeah. Like, you can hear anything you want in a lot of stuff, can't you? Like, yeah, but like, if yeah. you go back to like Roman times when they were all like shagging each other and all that. Like, that's died out now. No, like they weren't. They weren't saying, "Oh, don't, don't go shag all your neighbours." Like, don't read that book about shagging all your neighbours. Like, don't know why I've gone through. <laughs> but like, the point I'm trying to make yeah. is that um, right. So you are aware about the whole Romans trying to stamp out Christianity? And Christianity Did you learn this from Jesus? horrible histories? <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just from growing up and being an adult. <laughs> Something that you clearly have yet to do. <laughs> I'm just learning about the Greeks shagging neighbours and that. Did I even go from the Romans to the Greeks then? Uh, I think you did. Yeah, yeah. That's quite a leap. Let's, let's wrap the show up. <laughs> we heard uh, the quote about the Greeks and Romans and sex. So uh, the quote is, the Greeks, uh, the Greeks invented sex, the Romans induced it to women. There you go. There you go. Very, maybe you get that from horrible history maybe, as well. Maybe that. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's wrap up. Um, Steve, do you want to rate Joker? Uh, John's refusing to. Uh, oh no, I'll, I'll rate it. Just in terms of the sorry, I, the all-time films thing I was on about. Okay, you know, in terms okay. Of what, would there, you, like, what would you rate? Five? Shockingly five stars. <laughs> no, I, I feel like saying it's a five-star film is absolutely well-deserved. Do you remember yeah. when we, we put a rule in at the start of the podcast that once a year you're allowed to do six stars? Yeah, we're still doing that because this is a six. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's our podcast, John. We'll do what, what we want. Yeah, you're right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are we allowed to rate this? Six out of five stars. Like, yeah, break our own ratings. Six out of five. Okay, really? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Don't know if I'll put it as a six out of five. Um, there's, there's a few problems that I have with it that I don't feel like I can go into without going yeah, to spoiler territory. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I have one issue with it, but I can't mention it without spoiler yeah, territory. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, but it doesn't detract enough from the film to ruin the film for me. Yeah. Um, based on the basis of acting ability the way it's directed the way it's shot the way the music is used throughout the film um, it's just an incredible piece of filmmaking sorry I can't just mention this without spoiling it they put something in there to make sure that all the idiots get it kind of thing this one bit and it's like we got it you know what I mean you don't need to hammer it home kind of thing yeah, like, yeah. And it's like yeah uh, they, just, they do this thing where they just make sure you understand exactly what's happening like it's like yeah, yeah I know <laughs> right, okay. yeah no, great. Um, I'm really excited to go watch that film now. Uh, it's definitely a cinema job, this one. I'm going to have to go to cinema for this one. Yeah, I'd say um, so. Yeah. It's going to be out for ages, because it's it must be doing it's incredibly yeah, well. It's doing well. And I think it'll be a good Halloween film. I can imagine a lot of people, you know, around uh, yeah. Halloween with the, the Joker makeup on. See, I, I read somewhere that there were places that were refusing entry to people wearing masks and face paint and stuff mm. for, the, for the whole I can understand why. <laughs> After watching the film, definitely. Uh, well... <laughs> Let's finish off there. Um, lads, it was nice doing the podcast again for the first time in a yeah, while. Yeah, good. Uh, it's good. well, hasn't it? First yeah, Don't Spoil yeah. the Ending episode in nearly a year. This might be the second actual Don't Spoil the Ending this year. Yeah, it might be. It might be. I think it, it probably is. Yeah. is. Um, we've obviously done other shows, but... Um, yeah, I, we'll, we'll cut it there. Uh, social media. Steve, do you want to give you social media or where people can find you? Uh, can they find you on Fiverr.com? Because they can find me on Fiverr.com on Joe <laughs> underscore tech. Yeah, or, actually you can. I'm on Fiverr.com as uh, underscore slash don't give Joe any money. That's <laughs> <laughs> thanks, yeah. No, no. I'll, I'll put some music behind it. Yeah, just uh, yeah, could be one of your 10 edits. <laughs> Snip that right out. <laughs> if you want this podcast editing, it's going to cost at least $5. Well, uh, you'll pay for it, so it's okay. <laughs> Just, yeah, I suppose I'll pay for it myself. Uh, Steve, 
social, media. social media. Yeah, uh, I only really use Instagram. I'm at Stephen underscore Green. Not Stephen underscore underscore Green. That's this artist who I think is very annoyed that I've got underscore yeah. Green. You'll get into <laughs> his traffic. Oh, no, I get tagged in stuff all the time. It's clearly going to me. But what I do is I, I leave a comment with his username. You've got some good architectural photos and stuff on there. Oh, I've got a nice Instagram, mate. Yeah, yeah I've saw some places. Yeah, I've seen some <laughs> in a good way. Yeah. I've seen some shit, man. Uh, John, do you want to give your social media as well? Yeah, you can email the show uh, at don't spoil the ending at gmail.com. Yeah. Remember that. And uh, you can get me at Twitter at Taylor1980 and on Letterboxd at Taylor1980. Very good. Um, I'm not going to give me Twitter away this week um, or my Facebook or anything like that. Facebook, I'm never having that away. You're not having that. Um, <laughs> or YouTube. I'll be on that soon. Uh, but. Yeah, uh, Fiverr.com, uh, Joe underscore tech for all your podcasting needs. I will edit your podcast. I will mix your podcast. I will max, master it. I will also do noise reduction and uh, all the other bells and whistles. If you buy the luxury package, which is 10 edits, uh, you get five edits if you get the standard package. Um, so yeah, Joe underscore tech, search for me on there if you've got a podcast and you want to edit it. Uh, if you want me to appear on your podcast, uh, we can also speak about that. <laughs> Just drop me a message. <laughs> you do noise reduction. You just need the loop before you go. You just need the loop before you go.